Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special midweek edition of One Nation Radio. I'm here with our regular co-host, Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? I almost forgot your name. Man. <laughs> no, over a decade of friendship. <laughs> Gonna be the best man in my wedding. Forgot my name. <laughs> what a way to begin. I, I, I guess the show's over, y'all. I'll holler. I'll fuck off. <laughs> My bad, man. I, I forgot it for like a fourth of a second. And I was like, or like one, like I was like, wait, what the? Huh? Oh yeah, Rich. Never mind. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. You know, me, uh, I, 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 you know, I almost call you Jeremy. I guess I confuse you with my other black friends. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, uh, no. we're we're coming to give y'all this um midweek edition because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and. You know, normally going to come in on a Monday because we're going to watch uh, Elimination Chamber, and there's also the Stardom um, Corken Hall, the Empty Arena Corken Hall that will be up that weekend. So we'll we'll be here on Monday and give you all that show as well to review. But we just wanted to preview this show and go over you know Dynamite NXT and Observer Wars just dropped, so we can also talk about that. Um, yeah. First things first, Don't let's get- go ahead and get it out of the way. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and eat these vegetables first. Uh, WWE Limited Chamber um, 2020. Um, we are, what, four weeks away from the biggest show in sports entertainment, WrestleMania 36, right? Yeah, they got a lot more of those matches built, thankfully. But, <laughs> you know, there's... There's not really that many things on the card that are really inspiring for me, but um, I'm looking at this Elimination Chamber stuff, and this is just like, this is malpractice. This is incompetence. This is like, 
You know what this really is? How, how do you like build a show up like this? How are you a major promotion and you're doing this? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is WCW. About, wait, so my question is this. Are you talking about the actual card as it is on paper right now? Or are you talking about knowing the machinations of them changing their mind on the road to end up with this because they're preserving stuff to get to what they want to do at WrestleMania, even though they all should have this. known this months ahead of time because it's, you, know, you know when all these shows are laid out, you're the one that planned these fucking shows. These aren't put against your will. Like, we can cut you some slack on the Saudi Arabia shows, but what we're not going to do is say, you set a date, and then you'll be like, oh, I didn't know this was coming up. Motherfucker, this is your show. It's like, bro, they don't have anything that's worth, like, that's in any type of drawing position that has some sizzle at all. Uh, both of those chamber matches look like they suck. Um, the you know Alistair Black and AJ Styles. AJ Styles been broke broke up, and it looks like you know that's probably gonna be a trash match. So uh, it's like, how do you have guys like Daniel Bryan? You you don't decide to book them, um, even if you're not Reigns. factoring them into next month. Drew McIntyre, Drew yeah. McIntyre, dudes you can use to beat somebody. Like it's like, yeah, y'all don't see it's necessary to build something up. So this is just another case of them. Showing they don't respect the fans and they don't respect traditional build builds and uh, it's just you know it's such a it's, it's such a uh, I won't even talk about AEW this thing about how NXT builds things up and you know by the time you get there it's like well shit you know we can look at you know the the steps that it took to get here and the WWE just it feels like 2000 WCW where the announcers are going to. They're they're three days out from the show, and they are they have two matches on the card, and it's like mystery meat. Like we don't we don't know what the fuck's going on here, and it's just like I I don't I already don't care about this promotion or follow it or anything like that. And then you hear that, you know, at the risk of sounding ignorant, like I don't watch this stuff, so I wouldn't want to, you know analyze this stuff on like you know that type of level but you can just look at it from an outsider like you none of this shit's hidden there's nothing in a drawing position and looking at all the pay-per-views that are around it like revolution that just happened you saw the great build up and it's like why would you just take the show off like this yeah. or portland or you know it, yeah it's it's um it's it's really like all of our worst fears like, like one of the worst like, built shows you can think of. I don't even know if it's, but the thing is, I don't even know if it's worse built than like TLC. TLC, we didn't get a fucking card until when? Right. And Hell in a like, Cell, days out. Like, yeah, like, like no. they, they've actually done a better job than like, than like, most pay-per-views except for like Survivor Series and the World Rumble uh, after SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, um, what I was going to say is, all of our worst fears about them being like the money that they're going to make, they're going to make so much money off their TV deals that they're not going to give a fuck about the pay-per-view because most of their money is coming from TV. And, you know, perfect example. Like you are, you're, were you your point of your TV was to build towards you wanting to spend money or whatever else, or, or grab interest to watch a big show and have payoffs or build heat towards, you know, eventual payoff in the future. And now their TV is every, is just as unimportant as it was before, but and the shows in Philadelphia, like, 
Like yeah, Philly, so. Philly's gonna take them to task. Like you have like Goldberg come in and win your belt, and you take your universal title off the table. Brock, you know he's not wrestling at Elimination Chamber. Take that off the table. So right there, it's like okay, well what the fuck? And then you know you get into rolling Roman Reigns out like a press release to announce the match. You take him off the card essentially because he can't possibly just face someone and be like, yo, that's like there should be a heel that walks out or a baby face and be like, so how I'm did you get this match? I mean, he's on have a fight Ricochet. Show, have him fight Masafa Ali. Have him fight. Um, I don't somebody. know. Gable. You know, that's the point. Like, so, somebody be like, "Yo, so so why are you the number one contender?" And then I'll challenge you for the number one contender shot. Uh, you know, at Elimination Chamber, just get another match on there. Like, yeah. have have Roman Reigns have a match or something. Like, yeah, and, and have another, Daniel. Bryan. No, don't do that. No, and, I'll, I'll another thing, he's stupid. So another thing for me is just like people were defending. Or not, I guess, I guess throwing out the excuse of, well, even if he was, one, it was, well, they don't want to risk him being in a chamber match. It was like, so why did they advertise him a month ahead of time? Um, they, they, they just well, changed their minds. They, well, hold on. Just, my thing is like, your defense is, well, they false advertise, so it's okay. Like, a month ago, they like they didn't know that like that they were advertising for Elimination Chamber, which was going to be four weeks before WrestleMania. They just didn't know. They never knew the WrestleMania was that close. They right. just, so you got that. You got the part where it's like, okay, you don't want to have him get injured? Fine. You guys know what dates these are because you book these fucking dates in these venues and, and you know, you have to have satellites run to broadcast this shit, right? Okay. Just make the Saudi Cage match a number one contendership match. You could have easily just slapped that on like you, you could have. Uh, well, you could have announced that as they were getting in the ring. Like, you could have had the announcers, oh, we just got word, you know, that this is going to be a number one contenders match. Like, But how easy know. is that? If, if the whole idea, you know, you, these are decisions that are not thought out. These are decisions that are made on the fly without, without any care for this stuff. And it's like, all you had to do was have the motherfucker go in the cage match, win the cage match. You say that look, there was a reason to go to have like the fifth match between Corbin and, and whatever else. It has some stakes. This the blow off. The winner, you know, goes on. Boom. Move on. Then do that. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah, like like Ron Strowman's in a match with like a, a handicap match. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. He's in the uh, throw one match because he ran his big mouth and came off like a dummy. Like Rollins and Murphy in the Street Profits, I guess you know maybe, but like it doesn't feel like like there's nothing that's important on this show. Any other any, any other company that'd be a good match. Any other company, uh, Alistair Black and AJ Styles have a good match, but you already know what that match will be. Is no DQ after that man just had to um, beat his two goons to uh, to eventually yeah, like, uh, get his ass whooped at the very end. So what's gonna happen is they're gonna at some point or another. I, I don't know. They're going to be by ringside or they're not going to be by ringside. They're going to wrestle. And then like at the, no. in the middle of the match or at the end of the match, the goons come out. They're going to whoop his ass as opposed to like, you know, just coming out and just straight jumping them at the beginning of the bell because there's no DQ after all, whatever. Or Alistair Black does something to, to lock them away temporarily or thwart them temporarily, whatever. They're going to come out and then probably what's going to happen is the gong hits. AJ's going to get distracted like a buffoon, but he's a heel. So that's okay. Turn around black mass pin. Yeah, man. Um, I'm looking at these women's chamber match. James, how the fuck did Sarah Logan qualify for the elimination chamber match? She's on Raw. That's how she qualified. She, she literally existed. Yes. When, when's the last time she won a match? 
like in passing can you can you think do you mean like do you mean like as a singles performer or do you as a single yeah has that ever happened like do i need to cage match that like you got Liv morgan and ruby and natalia Oscar, who's a tag team champion, who's never defended the belt in a tag match ever, and Shayna Baszler. She hasn't defended the tag belt since TLC. Shayna Baszler looking like, from everything I'm, all the feedback I'm getting, wildly underwhelming right now. The promo stuff, the non wrestling stuff works. The matches don't. People don't give a fuck about her torture porn in her that style of match. That's the thing with WWE. That's the thing. Like so. We, um, WWE conditions people to where, you know, how you watch enough of their wrestling, you know, how the, the ebbs and flows and the styles of the match are right. Whether it's, whether it's, you know, people talking about how, um, uh, you go get a dive before going to commercial break and you could be at a house show or you could be at a, um, you could be in the arena and know when they're going to commercial break during a match, um, stuff of that ilk. So Shayna, she she has never wrestled that style to wrestle a quote unquote stereotypical WWE match and work on a stereotypical pattern. Um, she basically more or less just bullies the shit out of people um, by you know joint manipulation, and then eventually she'll sell for you a little bit, and then you know whatever they do from there, whether it's um, she gets advantage back again with via storytelling or with um, via you know some type of injury or whatever else or. You know, interference from um, Baszler Goon. But she was in this match. And another thing is they, they did her no favors. Um, Asuka apparently got legitimately hurt, hurt her wrist on a house show. These idiots still advertise a match with Asuka. They were going to still do a match with Asuka, even though they shouldn't have done that to begin with. Um, they put in Kyrie, who's been nothing but a pin eater for the last 11 months for, 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 for to get uh, Asuka over as a heel. They've been healed since October, since Hell in a Cell, and then they decided to have one heel get heat and torture another heel that the crowd doesn't care about because she's a pin eater. Gee, I wonder why that didn't get over. Um, like, never mind, you know, my my feelings about like I, you know, my my rage about Kyrie being in that being positioned that way as a pin eater as opposed to like you know her being that probably at worst the second best worker in the women's division whatever but you it's not that's not who they're pushing so fine but that's not gonna get she that's not gonna get her over they should have i don't know who they could have sacrificed because they're so shot with baby faces like the only two viable baby faces in the women's division are becky and uh charlotte or whatever the hell charlotte is right now yeah She's charlotte what i'm gonna call it but so who do you sacrifice? I mean, you can say live, but it's like, well, they're trying to give live something right now. So you don't want to do that. So you're, you have nothing bad options because you have booked this poorly. Like, yeah. You, um, I mean, I guess you, Oh, you could do natty, I guess. Right. They could have, they could have, uh, killed natty. Right. That's one. They could have killed. They could have had Shannon go out there and kill natty. That's the only, per- that's the only person I can think of though. Yeah. Um, they could have pulled somebody out of NXT, one of those people that ain't on TV yet, and just had her maul somebody. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. 
but yeah, but I mean, let's I mean, go, they, they pulled let's out Deanna Peraza. They put out Deanna Peraza and Chelsea Green uh, like a month or two ago for Oscar, or um, right. one was for somebody else. But Deanna Peraza was for Oscar. I think Charlotte had got uh, Chelsea Green, but yeah. So you're right; they could have pulled someone up. So let's go. Let's go match by match and just. All right. You know. <laughs> well, we already talked about pretty much eliminate the women's limit chamber. Like, Shayna's going to win. It's foregone inclusion. Looks like, bad. It is what it is. Like, in uh, Shayna's also getting really hurt by the fact that, like, she's. She, no one has a reason to care about her except for the fact that she won that triple threat match by beating Bailey. She didn't beat uh, Becky. She beat Bailey. You know, six months ago. And they didn't, like, keep tabs on that. They just, like, respect you to remember six months ago, even though they don't remember shit from two weeks ago. Um,. So that that's that, that kind of hurts Shayna, and Shayna should have won the Royal Rumble, but she didn't because they had to because yep. they felt they needed to do that for Charlotte because Charlotte always has to have a birthday, even and, if it's not and, her birthday, she has to have a birthday. And I'm feeling like you know I'm getting the the vibes from Becky like something's not like connecting with her as of late with people, and it's just like it's a really weird dynamic behind that match, and I I can't see that really going more than ten minutes. Like it wouldn't even feel smart to go more than ten minutes at WrestleMania with it. I I don't know what their match is like. It seems to me this week like Becky is getting overconfident. So maybe a situation where like it's like the first act of Rocky Three, where you know, you know, got on red bottoms. Life is good, and she just you know she's feeling herself. She came out with like the with the you know basically like the Smurf fur on. It was yellow, um, and then took put on uh, Jerry Lawler's uh, crown. I thought it was fucking hilarious, uh, but. It seems like that's what the that's the route they're going is like she beat Oscar that was the last hurdle so now she's super overconfident and Shane is probably gonna give her the reality check. But yeah. if she, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I don't see people like getting excited about that. Though. I don't. I don't see people buying like I don't see people buying Baszler like winning the title. Like let's say she does, they show up the next night on Raw. Okay, then what? Right. It, it has to continue for months and months, and then like if you put the belt back on Shayna. Or excuse me, back on Becky, um, you know, at the end of the feud, you know, per se. Then Shayna's like kind of out of here already. Like, I mean, with Shayna, you, you, she's like, like how old she is, and you know, she had a lot of injuries in MMA. Maybe her run's not as long, but right. Um, they got to be really careful with this because it's like if I. If it's if it's me, you put it on Shayna and you have Shayna just mop everyone else, and then Becky has to take the long road back or whatever to discovering, you know what mm-hmm. what made her hungry in the first place. Like any, what? Okay, so do you think? So, sorry, but do you think any chance like there's going to be a superstar shakeup? I heard there's a rumor that Becky's taking time off after WrestleMania. Okay, well, what I was going to ask you was if if you think they're going to do a superstar shakeup. Want to be better, given the makeup of the roster, is you move Seth and Becky to SmackDown, make Be- um, do Seth versus Roman Prosmania, um, do um, put Becky on SmackDown and move some fresher baby faces like Naomi, um, Naomi <laughs> to, to, to rock to face Baszler because like I'm, dude, there's so, so not Lacey. <laughs> that was a trick question. You don't, you don't have to answer that. I didn't want to see that, and I didn't. I never wanted to see that in uh, what's it called in uh, NXT. You think I want to see that on Raw or Raw? No. Look, 
No, knowing them, they'll call Bianca and feed her to Shayna again. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing. How about they call Candice Ray, like, and have her fight Shayna? They're never moving her up. Yeah, sure. That'd be split up a fam, uh, a couple. Um, but what I was gonna say is, uh. Well, you maybe Johnny loses his career at NXT, you know. Yeah, for Ciampa, that's going to no. happen, right? No, maybe uh, he, loses, he has to retire yeah. from, from NXT. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the dude with the bad neck, the dude with like the, that's on the ticking clock for neck is the one that's going to win that one, right? Like, uh, But what I was going to say is um, you bring Bianca in. We're fantasy booking now, but you bring Bianca in, and then you set her on a path towards SummerSlam to win a title? <sighs> well, this is... Uh, if this was a if this was a competently ran company, nah, man. Like I'm keeping Shayna with that shit for for a while. Like I mean, like if it's if it's really hard, like Shayna feels like one of those wrestlers that is how many it's months really hard to get? Care. How many it's months really, you can get with those kind of matches on the main roster? They're running doing her matches that ain't gonna last long. Yeah, it, it really feels like Shayna's one of those type of wrestlers that it would be really hard to care about her without a belt on. Um, mm, good point. Like you look at her NXT career, and it's, she had the belt longer than Oscar, damn near. <laughs> <laughs> and p- part of that was, you know, they didn't call her up for whatever reason it was for all that time. Yeah. And now that I wonder what that could have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's heartbreaking kind of for Shayna because like I remember when she first came in I thought she was so different and so like you know like I thought she was ahead of the curve for like you know her level of experience and everything and then you see it kind of play out in her NXT career and she's here now kind of just immediately getting shot to the belt it's like I don't feel like she's getting a fair shake Um, you know it's just like but I guess not at all fair. So, like, she should have had time to build this up. She got a Royal Rumble win, kind of fucked for Charlotte, and it's like yep. she's fighting from a deficit right now. Yep. And going into it, if she gets left with the belt on Raw, I think people are, will tune her out immediately and be like, here goes another fucking long Shayna Baszler title run when her title run at NXT shouldn't have been that long in the first place. It's like she got kind of like, you know, how, how they always say people get used by the system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she kind of got used by the system while still being successful. But I think she's uh, she's going to have to find another another way because I don't I don't think people want to watch this again, like as far as like the Shayna Baszler matches. and Well, there's also the part where like not many people watch NXT compared to the main roster. So like there's a whole fresh set of eyes on that. Like, if you're someone like us that have seen all those NXT takeover matches and like just love those matches aside for like one notable exception, which is not in there with like, you know, some dead ringer from Japan. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm with you too, but, um, I, I, I don't know how they're going to get her over. That's where I'm, I'm that's kind of where I'm stuck at. Like outside of her just flat out, like winning or beating Becky in a shock. Now that, you know, she lost the rumble after, after Bro. throwing out like eight people in the in you know, like five seconds, they, it, they should have her squash Becky like in under like three minutes or whatever. Mm. Like, like if Becky's going away, she's not going to be like, in the main event either, or she's not going to be right, in the main event. Like, have her squash Becky. 
That would like, get over. That would get over. The very next day, people would be pissed. People would be like, like surprised. Buzz. Um, it would, get, worth it would get whatever her she's world. doing. It, sorry. That would be like at least like enough to make up for not winning the Royal Rumble. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it would get over whatever she's doing offensively. Like, it, people will start believing in the the joint manipulation. All right, Shout and then Becky me. got Becky got to uh, you know take time off after that. Yeah, maybe. And or, then like they do the rematch, and then they do the rematch, and then like it's a competitive back and forth match, and then Seth Rollins comes in and, and oh, and I'm sorry, they, oh. <laughs> Are, are we are we ask are we asking for are we really asking for Brock Lesnar versus John Cena SummerSlam 2014? Are we really asking for that? No, uh, <laughs> man, that's why I said another three minutes. You know, get her out of here. Quick. Okay, so not 16 minutes where you just sit around for like 10. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, what's what the next match? I guess we can talk about this. Uh, the other chamber match, the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, that they bought that ask us to take seriously. Um, looks like the Miz and Morrison are the champions defending against the New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Ziggler and Rude, and the Lucha House Party. Wait, is that a gauntlet match? Chamber match. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, no revival. So, they are getting the fuck out of here. Um, I don't know who could possibly care about this match. Uh, all these teams have been together. Like Miz and Morrison were literally tag team champions, not last decade, but the decade before that, James. Um, the New Day and the Usos have wrestled each other a zillion times. Always good. Still a zillion times. Heavy Machinery is in a, li- a storyline kind of uh, with They're the, the story oh, line with and Mandy thing. The titles, though. All right. And it's like Ziggler and Rude, so... They're going to have Ziggler and Otis, you know, maybe square off. I don't know how I'm breaking this down, but the point is, who could possibly give a fuck? Like, I don't <laughs> like the New Day can win their 70th tag team championship. They're seven time champs right now. Good God. They can win their. Yeah. And I think, and uh, I think the beef right now is like the Usos are six time champions and like they're basically like doing, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. And. It's it's weird that they just ended up in the same brand together after 2017. Um, I mean, it w- it would be really nice if, uh, for example, one of them wins the titles, and then like the match is those two, and they have the match they should have had at WrestleMania 33, and they get the time they should have had instead of getting fucking squashed by uh, Rowan and Harper. But 34, yeah, yeah, 30, no, 33, 34s aren't New Orleans. 34 in New Orleans. That's when they got squashed. That five minutes. Oh yeah, that's right. That's 30, right. I'm not 33. They were on the pre show. I believe. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, um, that's a hell of a do over. Uh, but like outside of that, I have no real interest in the thing with New Day. Is like they're really they're really hurting on the like promo and like spontaneity front without Xavier. So, um, you know who knows when he comes back, but. I mean, it feels like they're going to have some clusterfuck ladder match at WrestleMania, probably. Well, Kofi Kingston be in the Andre's Giant Battle Royal. He'll be in a clusterfuck tag ladder match. So he'll be in a multi-man match. It doesn't matter. What a what a fall from grace. Um, and we've got the Intercontinental Title: Braun Strowman defending in a one-on-three handicap match against Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. James, I want you to guess the last time Sami Zayn had a pay-per-view match. 
a pay-per-view match. Um. Oh, WrestleMania 34. I believe that is it. He may have competed after that at was the Money in the Bank. Yeah, was it was in the Bank, maybe. Than Money in the Bank in June of 2018. James, it's 2020. Like, and this guy has not been injured the whole time. <laughs> he's been healthy ever since he came back. Dude, he's been healthy ever since he came back last WrestleMania. It's been 11 months. They've done nothing with him. Like, he came yeah. out and had, he came out during lost matches. That was it. So, Braun Strowman is walking around with that new Intercontinental title. Is that going to be Brian Mash? Are you going to do Brian Strowman? No. What else could they no. possibly be doing? Who with who? Uh, Braun Strowman. He can like, fight Baron Corbin. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! I know that's a possible. Uh, that is a real possibility. And uh, he's never been Intercontinental Champion. Oh, that's gonna suck. Yep. Jesus Christ! So Cesaro's in there, uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura, another fall from grace, and well, he's got his own set of issues. But um, like, this match, this match is a complete gimmick. Um, who cares? I think it'll be uh, fun. I think it'll be fun. Like, can the can the gigantic dude like overcome these three great wrestlers? Unbelievable. Um, the Street Profits defend against Rollins and Murphy in a rematch. Yeah, uh, maybe it'll a, be a good. Rematch, rematch. Um, any other promotion would be good. At the least, like is Seth Rollins is Buddy. <laughs> is Seth Rollins is Buddy Murphy is. It's Angela Dawkins is being a brawler and tackling people, and it's Montez Ford. Like any other promotion, like look, put that shit in AEW and see how that shit will work out. Put that shit in, put that shit in full cell and see how that works out. Andrade will defend the U.S. title against Humberto Carrillo, and I guess you know, you another rematch for uh, Carrillo. Um, should be any other promotion that'd be a great match. Yeah. Can't find myself caring, though. Right. Um, should, nor should you. Like, I'm assuming that is going to be... I'm, su- I'm assuming Garza and, and, um, and Zelina and Ray are all going to be by ringside. It's probably going to be some shenanigans, and it's probably going to end up in some, like, La Raza um, Intercontinental or La Raza U.S. title match or whatever else invo- involving Ray. Like, I don't... I mean... I don't. I don't know what they do uh, at WrestleMania. Maybe they all just go Andreing. I don't know. And but all I know is that know. time is ticking on Ray, and I heard none about him uh, resigning. So it's it's about hey. that time because it was eight. It was eighteen month deal, and he and he signed on in like October, November two thousand eighteen. So we almost so, out of here with this shit unless he resigned. So we can get uh, Tony to go ahead and make the call. You know, have him come on in. Please do. You know. <laughs> Run, look, run Jericho versus Mysterio on on AEW. Probably nothing too, or whatever, Some or shit. all out. Some shit. Fuck that. Uh, Actually, I take everything back. First match they need to do: Ray versus Ray, Phoenix versus Mysterio. That's, I think that's happened before. I haven't seen it. Run it again. Run it and then run it again and again and again until I'm sick of it, which will be never. So, who else? AJ Styles and Aleister Black. Y'all know how I feel about AJ Styles. I oh, think he's worth Hold on, real quick. Dude, can you imagine how awesome a Ray versus Pac match would be? Jesus Christ. I wonder if it's happened. It probably has in like uh, what culture pro wrestling or some shit like that probably. But yeah, but, like I, I still want to see it. 
Yeah. Um, it's just like when people say, well, you know, they did the Dijak. Um, Melzer talked about the Dijak PWG match. Like, nigga, I didn't see that. I don't care. I'm watching what I'm watching. It's awesome. I- I'm glad you saw this match that was better. However, <laughs> these let's not shit on these matches that are awesome. Uh, yeah, go ahead. AJ Styles and Aleister Black. Y'all know how I feel about AJ Styles. Same thing. Any other promotion? It, it, be a great and, it's, it, and it's amazing how Meltzer has picked up on what I, you know, have been telling y'all about AJ since last year. Well, I, you I were also tolerant. saying that he was. You were out here saying that he was also killing minorities. In reality, it was like, nah, he's just killing the big heart. I mean, it's both. You can say it's can be both. true. Huh? You know, I said like, two things can be true. Yeah, but you were focusing on one thing as opposed to uh, uh, the other part about it, the more the more mark, mic, nah, macro part about it. Like, and you know, another part is like, it is I was defending America. Oh yeah. So 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 in this so in this situation, like he lost to Ray because Ray's actually American. Is that what it was? Right and, like, and now and now he, he and now look at this match he's he fighting against a dude with the name Black you know so, <laughs> but he's Swedish or Dutch or whatever he's Dutch you know, his name is Black you know so you know I, oh my god yeah but I, yeah who cares I, it's, I, it's gonna be one of the, it's like what it's, a show the match is not meant. For, like that is a match that you just know is like going to just be subterfuge to build up towards AJ versus um, Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, like he did, you know, he came out and he whooped him at uh, the paper or the Saudi Arabia show. He does. He pins out Sir Black with the Undertaker thing. What else do you think is going to happen? Eventually, there's going to be a, a gong noise. He's going to show up, and it's probably the best way to utilize that is. Uh. Beating, using that to have AJ be mad by having him lose to Alistair Black, making kicked in the face. A dude that's past his prime, that's not as good as he used to be, that's been disappointing versus The Undertaker. So, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, so. Yo, that card looks dreadful. Um, that's one. Look. It the build and all that kind of stuff. I absolutely agree. I'm a, but I'm gonna tell you right. the same thing. I'm gonna tell. I tell you every single time. Any other promotion, any other booker would not have this shit. Would not be out here doing fuck finishing all of the nonsense. They just go out there and say, "Go out there and have the best match you guys can." Okay, guys. All right. But they don't want to do that. They would decide we now nah, we can't be having good wrestling in this wrestling company. We want to do nonsense, and that'll get the people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, but I will say this: um, I watched SmackDown on Friday, and I watched Raw Monday. This man Raw, punish, punishing himself for y'all. Raw on Monday. The first third forty minutes were great. No, I'm sorry. The first forty minutes were very good. The last thirty minutes were great. Everything in between that, like was that a hour and fifty minutes, sucked. Um, so there's that. Randy Orton cut a promo. Have you seen the promo? I've I read about it. Dude, this promo is fucking amazing. He comes out, um, but really it was supposed to be Beth comes out and is going to give us a status update on Edge. As soon as she puts the mic to her mouth, Orton comes out. She wants a hu- he wants a hug from her, and he's not like smiling or being a dick about it. He's just like, hey, hey, Beth, and she's like, you know, I'm not I'm not doing anything with you, you son of a bitch. And then he calls out and says, like, look, 
Um, I know people want, you know, people are upset about my actions, but let me explain. He goes and says, like, when I was a kid, um, 19 years old, trying to break into business with my dad. My dad took me to a, a show in St. Louis, and there's Austin around at the time. This is 99. There's Rock. There's Undertaker. There's all these people. But the only person that came up to, to us was, was Edge. And Edge goes and talks about how great my dad was and says that he's one of the best bad guys in the business. And um, he said, I told him that I was trying to break into the business. He said, like, well, you know, um, best of luck. And then hopefully if our, our cross paths, if our paths cross, we can, you know, do some, do something. And he says, talks about um, how they wrestle each other, talked about rated RKO. Um, he talked about his demons and how he was in a hole so deep he should have been buried. But one person stuck their hand out and pulled me out of that, and that was uh, Edge. And because of that, like, I have, you know, a family, and I have my kids, and I have my boys, and I can watch my, um, I can watch my sons grow to be men, I can watch my, my, uh, my daughters, like, um, I can be around my daughters and show them how a woman should be treated by a man, and all that's because of Edge, and I think about your family, Beth, and, um, I remember the Royal Rumble, and when he got, when he came out, and the pop was so great, and he showed the next day, after a rumble and I just knew that like he wanted that itch again. He he wants to be out there in front of the crowd and I knew that like the possibilities with his neck is just like he's gonna end up fucking he basically like he's gonna end up dead again or he's gonna end up dead or like paralyzed and he won't be able to do all the things that I enjoy now because of because of what Edge afforded me by saving my life. And like by this point in time, like the crowd had went from like booing this dude or actually rooting for RKO for he's like, oh, woman, you know, go a lot there and attack that woman to like booing him to just like, oh my God, this makes a lot of sense. He's making points. He goes on and says, like, I had to stop him. And then he says that, uh, I love, I love, I love Edge so much. I like, I love Edge more than you. Um, and he says, but you, you're an enabler, Beth. Like if if he was a if he was an alcoholic, you wouldn't give him a drink. Or no, he said if you were out if he was alcoholic in this scenario, you give him a drink. You give him pills if he was a if he was a druggie. Um, and then he goes on and says like, I forgot I forgot how he ended it, but basically, uh, she slapped him. He says something offensive at the end and. As a as a dismount, and this she slapped him, and then he you know he's upset, he's pissed, he 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 doesn't know what to do, and then he realizes what he wants to do, and he looks at her, and he calls he says you bitch, and so she literally she she flashed, and then she uh booted him in the gut, immediate RKO, it was awesome. Like I think it's the best promo since Cody Zealous Allen uh, promo. Like that's how it was. I think it was it was better than Champa. Um, talking about getting his life back, it was better than Ortiz and his dad. Like it was awesome. Like this was the this was the promo that we've been waiting for from Randy Orton for twenty years. <laughs> like what is it with WWE and these yeah. old dudes that are out here being the best promos in the company now? Samoa Joe, look, Samoa Joe's been around since what, the nineties. Daniel Bryan's been around since the nineties. Randy Orton's been look, Randy Orton broke into business in like the early two thousands. Rey Mysterio's been around since the nineties. How are the best promo guys in this company all like these old dudes? Why, how come these young dudes can't cut promos for shit? <laughs> Bad memorization skills. <laughs> Terrible. But 
that shouldn't make any sense. The old guys are the ones out here, you know, CTE, you already know what it is. So I don't yeah. I don't get it. It's, I don't get it. It's all messed up. I don't get it. Cena cut a great promo on Friday SmackDown too. Like, I don't get it. But meanwhile, we get suffering succotage. They telling Roman to go out there to do that. They telling uh, they telling Dean Ambrose to go out there and get inoculated. All bad, man. All bad. Um. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. But like, it was a bad episode of Raw, except for like a a good stretch there and a good stretch there. But it was a bad episode of Raw. I regret watching those five hours of television. I wish I had those back. Yeah. Man, yikes! But anyway, um, yeah, I hope y'all enjoy the show for uh, <laughs> Nation Chamber. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, we'll review it on uh, Monday, but a lot left to be desired on the road to WrestleMania. Um, but this is like the first week where I felt like, oh, I guess WrestleMania is coming, so I should check this stuff out. Um, but anyway, anywho, Wednesday night wrestling. Um, oh yeah, the real. Yeah, you know. so we got. We got let's let's do dynamite first like we normally do. Um, we Mox came out and he cut this great babyface champion promo. It wasn't a coronation, but it was like a mission statement. Um, talked about all the shit he went through. Like I don't remember so much of, but it was it was very very good. Um, like we brought pro wrestling back, and that's right. He looked dead in the camera when he said that. He was like, "You know what exactly what I mean? You know you know exactly what I mean." He was sending a message to, yeah. to all the non-believers to, yeah. to to the WWE, like to and the crowd was wild, went wild for him, and it made me think like this could this could have been all. I don't know how you felt about the opening segment, but that segment was straight out of a Raw, out of Monday Raw at the pay per view, and it was like this could have Jericho on the on the uh, ramp, Moxley in the ring. This could have been on the main roster. This could have been on a SmackDown or a Raw. It have made all the sense in the world. But y'all want to do goofy shit instead. Said so the AEW belt's a beautiful thing. AEW represents professional wrestling. It's the sport he loves and dedicated his life to. He said the belt belongs to AEW fans who willed the company into existence. He said collectively, we brought pro wrestling back, pr- promised to defend the belt. And he said whoever wants a shot can get it. But he's going to choke them out and drop them on their head. He knows it's not over between him and the inner circle. He knows they're coming. And Jericho came out, told the whole crowd to shut line, their ass. Saying, like He dares y'all to do something about it. And I was like, yo, this... This this yeah. is this is John Moxley. This is not Dean Ambrose. Like for all y'all that don't get the difference, it's like imagine like the best parts of Dean Ambrose, and then like except it's all, all the, the goddamn time. time. That's the difference. It's optimized. Uh, Jericho said the Moxley era sucks ass. Um, he said, <laughs> said Moxley's win was based on a lie. He spent three months yes. training to face a man with one eye. He was yes. dead serious. Not somebody who can see out of both. Called Moxley a liar, and all the fans were liars. Like just the audacity to say that. Like just absurd. Like put this nigga. Like we're gonna talk about it later with the Observer Wars, but put this man Jericho in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame again. Oh, like, say, he's not in it. I thought it was a Yeah. Like, uh, this is a hell of a second or third act of, of a career. Yeah. Um, so he said, you know, he's putting the whole, the inner circle, you know, we were normally some good natured, good looking guys, but we're now a hit squad. So we, you know, we putting uh, hits out on the whole roster from the librarian to Michael Nakazawa to Moxley. And I saw this show largely as like, 
um, a rebranding kind of the inner circle, adding that that dangerous element to them. Since you took the world title away from them, it was all about building these guys up this week. Um, and it was like, you know, a show, I, I believe Voice of Wrestling said something. It was like AW New Year's Dash or whatever. It's just a lot of different directions, a lot of angles, and yeah. uh, not necessarily like blow-away wrestling. Yeah, this is this was like the probably the worst episode of pro wrestling um, on of Dynamite yet on any episode. But um, I, uh, I still really like I, I, yeah. I love the... This is kind of similar to Raw in the way that, like, I love the opening segment. I love the um, what they did at the end with um, in the tag match or whatever else, and like they immediately got Jericho his heat back. Um, and it made me think of it. It, um, it made uh, me think of like, okay, I see they're they're not done, but that's fine. And he said, um, you know, if Moxley walks out under his own strength, he will take a 60 day sabbatical from AEW. And you know, everyone's looking at these tour things. And I'm not sure if they don't understand how calendars work, but a 60 day layoff w- would have like like his tours in April and May, like the 60 day layoff, like wouldn't, you know, he would be back, right. you know, at a certain point. But, um, you know, after that, we got a eight man tag, Colt Cabana making his uh, debut. Uh, sneaky good signing for AEW. Uh, Colt Cabana is uh, with SCU against um, Dark Order. Yeah, All right, adding, action. Yeah, her adding commentary depth. <laughs> yeah, you can wrestle and do commentary. That look, two, look, two checks. Look, might get an office job, might get insurance. Like, what oh, would the commentator be? Well, look, to be honest, Colt Colt need all the help he can get. Yeah. Um, Decent match. Uh, Legal fees. Might be. Might be. Um, So, ended up, uh, Colt Cabana hit the uh, uh, Chicago Skyline, the Superman pin on Reynolds. After the match, Evil Uno was furious. He said the exalted one was furious at this. This is not the way, essentially, and said it will be in uh, eventually. They recap the tag title match at Revolution. Dave gave it six stars. So uh, the the book is back in use, everybody. All right, so I have a question. Um, do you want there to actually be an exalted one at this point? If I think the only way it's going to work is if it's like some superstar person. Uh, if it's not, it's like. I, I don't know. You wasted a lot of time, but I am kind of intrigued. Like right now, like think about like Dark Order was around uh, and all the uh, at Double or Nothing last year, and where they're at now, it's it's still got people like kind of like anticipating the next move with it. So yeah. like they went from being the shits to and get off my TV screen to tolerable. I'm leaving that. I'm just leaving that tolerable, but that's it. Like, and that's definitely an upgrade because they're one of the worst things of pro wrestling in the middle of last year. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, you know, uh, but they like, showed all the highlights. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was oh, going to say they showed all. Go ahead. We're, we're, we're not syncing up for whatever reason. All right. So I was going to say like, for me, like I, I kind of like the idea of there is no, um, there is no uh, higher order or higher exalted one, and like it's just a scam because like it's a cult, and cults are scams, and that's the moral of the story, kids. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, look, 
if y'all fools want to talk about Sister Abigail for the last seven years, then why can't Dark Order come out here and scam y'all boys with an exalted one? Ain't no exalted one. The exalted one is Evil Uno. It's Kaiser Soze. Well, the exalted one is within you. you oh, know. God. You know. Like, I, I do the enjoy exalted- the gag of the commentators saying, there's even rumors that you're the exalted one, Excalibur or whatever, like, different stuff like Plus, that. Was he masked? Yeah, like, there was, like, there was a lot of shit like that. So, uh, if any of y'all are the exalted one, uh, y'all can, you know, let us know so has, we can has, uh, figure this out. Has anyone made the tease of like the exalted one is really Tony Khan and it's a play on corporate ministry in the higher or the highest or whatever the hell it was, uh, when it was, it's me, Austin. Has anyone made that joke oh yet? My God, That would be ridiculous. It was, it, it was me, Moxley. The exalted one, Tony <laughs> Khan. What the fuck? What if Cody's the exalted one? Oh my god. No, nah, that makes no sense. He got laid out with uh, the rest of the elite at the end of uh, 2019. We are yeah. not doing no aces and eight shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rich. I'm sorry, Floyd. I'm not going with it. I will jump off this. I will jump quickly, quickly and swiftly jump off this fucking show reviewing it every week if that's what they do. I'm not with it. No. <sighs> The Exalted One, boy, yeah. So if you have any idea who the Exalted One is, send us a tweet. Who do you think the Exalted One is? Could be anybody on the roster. Shoot, shoot us over an idea. Um, and they started showing all the uh, reviews from it, bro. I saw it. They put Dave's uh, report on there. They, Brian Alvarez, Wade Keller. I was like, man, their mentions about to be trash tonight. More so than usual. Yes, um, y'all so, y'all have been co-opted. Yep. It's like, okay, like I mean, NXT if they wanted to, they could have put up all that stuff about like Gargano and Almas or Gargano and Cole and Gargano and Champa. They decided not to do that. <laughs> like that was a tr- they, like they they could have used like Dave Meltzer yeah, giving um giving Daniel or giving um CM Punk and uh, CM Punk and uh, John Cena five stars. They decided not to do that. Yeah, that's on them. WWE does get praised, believe it or not, when they do good things. Believe it or not. Big Swole with the big squash on Levy Bates uh, in like a minute. Uh, and that it, was it, the extent. It went a minute and it went too long. Levy should have got hit with one move and she could have bumped on that one move and called it a day. Yeah. Um, so that was our women's match for the night. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was. You know, normally they get 20 minutes. It felt like they got a, a good, like, what, 15, 12 minutes? This so week. they got this match, and they got the video package. Uh, Nyla Rose retained the title against Chris Statlander. That's it. That's all. That's it. So, that so like actually, three it's probably, probably well, interests in transitions okay. and commentary. So, like, the women's division in its entirety this week on AEW got like 10 minutes yeah that's terrible yeah. yeah um cody came out with the uh with the jacket on and the tattoo and uh he said he can deal with uh losing mjf uh but you know the only way he'll really be able to deal with it is if mjf came out and told cody that he beat him fair and square instead my dog jake the snake roberts came out I didn't. I was like, "What?" And all of a sudden, I just got really happy. I'm a huge Jake Roberts mark, and uh, Jake gets in the ring. Um, he basically said he was tired of listening to Cody cry. I agreed. Uh, he said he never. 
<laughs> he said he never cried over a match once. Uh, he's not here to praise Cody, but he's here to slam. Jake said he had a client, and he said the dark side is coming to AEW. Uh, he said it's been 20 years since he had a shot, uh, and you know, in 20 years since he's been clean, and he's earned this shit. But I'm not coming to be a nice boy. Uh, he said it'll be on the outside when his client takes on Cody, and Cody can bring that one trick pony, Arn Anderson. He told Cody he was like, uh, you know, a great man once said that you shouldn't, you know, turn your back on anyone that you respect or fear. Immediately turned his back on him and threw the mic in the air, bro. I was fucking, I love this shit. Like, <laughs> like, and it, like Jake has that voice it where was. he has a voice where it's like. Obviously, pro wrestling is not real, but Jay Roberts is like, <laughs> <laughs> like the Terry Funk line. Yes, <laughs> like I thought that it had its moments of great, like the moments of talking about um, when he buried Arn Anderson when he <laughs> when he said that Cody was that Cody needs to like like you going about this the wrong way, baby face. Um, and when he did a line about like about fear and res- fear and respect, and he turned his back on him, like I thought those were all killer like moments. Um, I'm just kind of over in AEW like building towards things, and like you don't know what the fuck it is, or, or or you have no idea. Just like just know that it's coming, and it's like okay. I'm just I'm just. I'm just at a point with like between AEW, NXT, and um, whatever like spooky shit with the Wyatts or whatever else over the years is like I'm just tired of the mystery box like vaguely dark thriller esque type stuff, and I'm just I'm just tired of worn out on it. Like killer, like they're doing this pro, they're doing this tease uh, vignette stuff with um like uh, with somebody. It's probably Killer Cross on NXT. It was a nightmare collective before that. It was a dark order. Uh, and now it's like, there's a squad called the dark side. And it's like, it's going to be more of this. The butcher and the blade as well. It's like, can we just like have people that are like rooted in reality come out and like, they want to whoop people's ass and people want to whoop their ass and we can call it a day. And then like, we can like relate to the characters more because like they act like humans as opposed to like they have these gimmicks or these spooky gimmicks. Like I'm just kind of over the spooky gimmick gimmickry stuff. Like in all of American wrestling, I'm just, I'm just over it and tired. Like maybe it's cause like so much of it hasn't been done well or whatever else, but I'm just, I'm just over it right now, man. Break my heart. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, like I'm, if it's, like if it's just, that's the name is dark side. Like, obviously like I'm jumping ahead of, I'm jumping ahead of the gun, but like, because, but once you put dark in it, and I'm just put say dark side, so I was like, okay, like is that Luke Harper? Is that um, a tag team of Luke Harper in in Archer, or is that just Archer, or is that or what whatever that is? It's like I if you took out that part of it, like I probably liked this a whole lot more, and I still liked it. I, it was good to see Jake. Um, it was good to see Jake doing well. It was nice to see that he still like has moments of still being able to like be killer on the mic, but. It's also like that in knowing that this is also this is the reset. This is like stuff. This is getting it past AEW reviews because last cycle was just like also like this. It's like it feels like okay, so you're in an RPG, you're in a video game, and like all right, after review you gotta do side mission for like a month in order to get until you get back to like really trying to like finish the storyline of the game. And I'm like, it ain't gotta be like that. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. 
Um, I th- I think I'm really happy to see Jake. Uh, and whatever happens with Jake Roberts, I hope he doesn't mess it up because oh god, Jake Roberts historically messes it up. But I think he'll make a great uh, manager. I think he's fine. Yeah, he's gonna be awesome. He, uh, the only thing is like he's um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about Jake because like Jake got he kind of like didn't really like his personal life was so messed up. He didn't really get any type of real nostalgia runs, right? Right. Like he came back in 1996 and, you know, they portrayed him as this washed guy and he was like Mm -hmm. in his early 40s, right? Mm -hmm. And then he was out of there essentially, right? But I think the deal with with Jake, like remember when he came back at Old School Raw, got a nice little reaction, they put him in the Hall of Fame. It's amazing he even ended up here because for years and years and years, they've always said Jake has had this superior mind for the business and the whole creative side. And then WWE never gave him a chance to work in any type of creative capacity because they don't ever. Yep. And I think like I just hope that he doesn't fuck it up because he he can get everything he, he wanted in that out of that second half of his career mm-hmm. uh, with AEW potentially. Like if, you know, he's just another voice that they shoot things off of. If he can come out there and cut a promo like that and, you know, be some type of asset, like I would love watching Jake, the snake Roberts, like as, as a legend. And it's like, Jake's not coming in to win the world title. Jake's coming in to stand at ringside and, give someone the rub like I, and i like the the old man managers that they got around that are legends it, right. it's just like uh, it like seeing Tully blanchard and then arn anderson and it's like that's old country beef flower can be it's like <laughs> and it's like they're all they're doing is like lending themselves to like a younger crop of guys it's like mjf is like a younger roddy piper that's like their it like the second day cross pass and stuff mm-hmm. like that i don't know it's just no, it makes perfect sense. And, like, another thing is, like, they have three of them right now, and, like, Teddy's totally underutilized, and they, you know, and Arn is mostly out of the way, aside from, you know, when, except for, the, like, time Cody needs, like, his fifth Gaga spot in the match. Um, so, <laughs> like, aside from that, like, they, I feel like they use him, aside from that, like, they don't overuse or wear out or overexpose Arn, so, like, they've done a really good job with managers. Um... um. In so next opinion. we had, uh, yeah, we had Pac and Chucky T. Uh, all right, match. Pac got a big win here. Um, yeah, put them in the the fucking move, and you know the Chuck Taylor did get a near fall that people believed, and you know matches like this, I always say it. The uh, only thing you want out of one of these matches is to buy a near fall at some point from the guy you don't think is going to win. So, um, <laughs> you know what that means. If they want to get better at it, they better start watching some of these stardom uh, multi-person tags when they got Saya Ida in there or somebody good to roll up. You're like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, they had to be an event. They had Jericho out here, like, rolling around for, for Darby. <laughs> yes. Yes. It kind of was like a start. Now you mentioned, yeah, all the money rollers was kind of like a, a start or finish. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... I I thought the match was cool. I didn't think it was. I didn't think anything special. I thought mostly the, the match was about like teasing Pac and his beef with everybody and best friends, including mm-hmm. Orange. Um, that like this is this is like a thing that came out of nowhere. Like I, I had noticed um, leading up to the show that dude he's about to complete the hat trick. Like he beat 
like three months ago, he beat Ca- Orange Cassidy on Saturday. Like he's about to be like the first person in AEW history, like to compete the high, the, the hat trick of beating every one of best friends by pinning them all in the middle. That's, I don't know if he gets some type of accolade on that. I think that should be on his uh, on his um, thing next Give week when he shows up. Like, defeat every medal. member of them or whatever else. Or achievement unlocked or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think of this, uh, you know, after he won the match, um, all of a sudden, out come Lucha Bros. And Pocket first acts like he doesn't know who these dudes are. They whoop his ass and he grabs Mike and says, like, yeah, we are the Triangle of Death, right? Yeah, there was some like Spanish name that they named, but essentially translates to the Death Triangle. Yeah, this immediately jumps to like one of the great units in the world, like off rip. <laughs> like when they do when they do trios matches, like who takes the falls? Like is it Phoenix? I mean, I think the answer is they don't lose. Okay, <laughs> they don't lose until they break up. Could do that, and it, it seems like that AW trios division just is coming into focus. You know that I, that Cassidy I advocated Express, for months months ago. Best friends, Orange Cassidy, belt, make a trios belt and make it matter. Like, like I don't care about a mid card singles title. Fuck that so, shit. That shit's like so, out of here. So okay, so all right, you got Lucha, you got Lucha Bros in pack. You have SEU. You have uh, Jurassic Express. You have uh, Young Bucks and Kenny, which will yep. add. To, you have Young Bucks and Kenny, presumably that will add to the tension of he's stuck between a tr- his trios team and his tag team because he doesn't want to be a fucking star. So go out there and do that stuff, Kenny. Um, I'm trying to think, what other teams? There, 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 I feel like there's other ones. You can do. You can take teams off of uh, LAX. Did you mention Jurassic Express already? Um, yeah. They uh, they, they have like at least five teams. MJF and Butcher and the Blade. Yeah. Uh, they've got they got a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, and then if Cody teams up with like Dustin and QT, they can God do that. Dude. I I specifically thought of that team and I was like, I'm not mentioning because I don't want to talk about fucking QT Marshall, but until it's time to bury that fucker, but fine. <sighs> not, well, I, don't, I don't know why you got this hate in your heart dude. for uh, QT. Yes, mother. The, like, the, best, the best thing I saw on the internet today was the Will Ospreay theme music being dubbed over my dog QT flying outside the ring, getting elevated on y'all boys. you love it because he's botching the fucking move terribly while, like, playing the interest music of the dude that, like, does it with, with like, just incredible ease right hey, now. The, the first person to book the, the QT Marshall Will Ospreay match in Tampa, I'm going. Oh, my God. But as far as the Death Triangle, you, know, you, already, you got the tickets. Uh, you got the tickets to George Nellis Spring Break, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So if that gets announced on there, I'll just pay you back the money for the tickets. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just eat the ticket. I don't even want to give it to no one else. Like, I just eat it. And, like, you just yeah. I ugh, terrible. Um. Up next, Jay Kager versus QT Marshall. So. <laughs> Just, just, a, just a, just a, just a, just a. I wouldn't say that it was a. I wouldn't shit on it and say it's the worst fucking match ever because it wasn't. But I damn sure ain't gonna say it was any kind of good. And, I, and I'm not. I'm. It's a mediocre, crummy match. It's. It's. Yeah. It was just yeah. There. yeah. Um, whatever. Whatever. QZ hit the top root court screw since on. I like that. Um, but 
Uh, Hager ended up getting a win with that head arm choke, so they're going to try to get that over uh, pretty hard. You know how people talk about, not not the wrestling version of this, you know how people talk about like people that are in like beer leagues and softball and like and they call them weekend warriors? Yes. The people that are athletic or whatever else, but like, you know, they're, you know, they, that's past, their, that's a past part of life. So they just do this stuff just for like recreational fun on the weekends or whatever else in rec leagues. Like, he is a, he is a rec league professional wrestler. Like, that, like, I don't know what he used to look like, what he used to do, but he's still trying to do it. And it's like, stop doing this, bro. Like, that shit when he does the Sasuke special, that shit is fucking embarrassing, bro. Like <laughs> it's just terrible. And then and then I gotta see like you hey, know fan the, favorite QT because you know Floyd's super positive and Amy's super positive and like there's they're positive in a way to make me think like even when I even when like I feel like I'm being fair, it makes me like question for a second like damn, bro, am I being like you know am I just being extra with it or whatever else. But nah, bro, this shit sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, like, you gotta stop, bro. You gotta stop putting this shit on down. TV, bro. Q- nah, QT. like, the, dude, the, the, the QT era. I put you like this, right? If NXT was putting the QT Marshall on air, we would fucking kill them and say, you idiots are lo- in a ra- ratings war and you guys out here losing and y'all wanna do shit like this. We were getting on them from them putting Cameron Grimes hey. out there from us. And Cameron Grimes is on here having killer matches. He just sticks hey. with, with everything outside from the wrestling. As Future once said, you do what you want when you pop it. Oh boy. And I don't quote Future often. Look, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like. AEW is in the NXT thing is like that is that's already been decided that's a wrap wrap. unless they screwed it up that's a wrap so their goal needs to be we need to try to try to catch up to the to the main roster shows over the next few years and QC Marshall ain't gonna get you there bro (laughs) stop putting this shit on TV Honestly, put that shit on dark. I ain't gotta watch I, that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think QT Marshall is some like offense to the business. Like, oh my uh, god, you know. he, you're right. He is not. However, he's sorry. <laughs> like I had to watch. Like I had to watch Jinder Mahal be the WWE champion. QT Marshall is miles ahead of Jinder but Mahal. There's a difference, Rich. This company is is booked competently. Correct. <laughs> and it's booked like I. I don't think that he's hired unless he's Cody's friend. I just don't. Maybe. And look, I mean, there, look, there are a lot, a lot of people. There are a lot everywhere. of Cody's friends and and the Bucks friends that are like, they're, I'm glad I'm glad they're around. Him, that's like probably the only one I'm just like. Ugh. Don't, and, don't and worry. It makes it worse because I get trolled about it because y'all know I fucking hate. like. It, he is like he as a wrestler is like my double like my my just pet peeve of double moves or whatever else. When it's like they did it a double drop drop kick and nip up spot that shit's so fake looking like so when you when you saw the elevated qt video what what was your initial reaction blind rage slash appreciation <laughs> blind blind white rage plus like the appreciation of how hilarious it is the juxtaposition of like it's osprey's music he's the best in the game and he does his move with, with like in the Tokyo Dome the double deal right <laughs> and then, like, you compare that to that man, like, literally is, he's like a kid, he's like a kid on a gymnastics bar, except it's a top fucking rope. Like, that's, it's, it's like, yo, stop this, bro. This is not, like, I've, like, I've said it before, like, him doing that Sas- Sasuke special is, like, 
what everyone imagined Shane McMahon doing a Sasuke special would look like. Except we don't call it like that because we be, be banging on Shane because Shane is out here washed and she has no business wrestling anymore. But you know they they decide to give a let a dude go out there and live a dream they never accomplished. So fine, like whatever, man. This I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is QT the real American dream? Look, he he get look. I'm not knocking him for for for, for striving for something. I'm not. But like this was not what he was hired for. He was supposed to be backstage. He was he was not supposed to be on screen this way. <laughs> he was not. And you know, yeah. Cody yeah. needed a tag partner, so he just let anybody, in, literally anyone. Oh, so so he wanted them the them wrestlers that would have fought Rodney Mack. I'm not saying this is a five minute white sh- five <laughs> challenge. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that dude is not supposed to be all, it's all elite wrestling. They always talk about how they want to grab, you know, people that they see as elite. I don't see no I don't see nothing elite about QT Marshall on screen. Maybe he, you know, maybe he is the guy uh behind the scenes, but hey, on you know, screen, no. Hey, you know who who the, who the agent was for uh the AEW match of the year, you know, in quotations. Oh, it's QT Marshall? Yes. See? Look, do QT. that. In fact, take QT Marshall away from that and add him to some of these women's matches, and maybe we got our something here. Maybe. Never know. Just maybe. But I know what won't be helping him with these women's matches, him going out there and trying to do this shit in front of us. (laughs) Nah, bro. QT, keep doing your thing, homie. So, um, Behind the scenes. That other shit, stay away. You just tell them no. When they ask you to do this, you just tell them no. Santana and Ortiz um, ran in and they beat down QT and then Justin or Dustin uh, jumped in, got destroyed. Yep. Cody ran in, got destroyed. Matt Jackson ran in, went wild with a couple kicks mm-hmm. and um, started throwing some punches at someone that was huge. Oh, Hager. Hager. Yep. And um, eventually he got destroyed. And then the hangman, the most overman in the world right now <laughs> came out and he he came out real slow set his beard down nice and unloaded a can of whoop ass on the inner circle and destroyed them by itself yeah, i they made love them, this they made like, them like the coolest motherfucker like the last time I remember somebody, is... the last time i remember somebody looking this cool was like when the company is trying to do this right purposely for one one like one little spot was like when becky one time pulled up sometime last year in the last like 14 months something like that Becky pulled up mm-hmm. to Smackdown or some shit like that um, and like just parked her shit anywhere cause she, why cause she's cool and just threw the yeah. keys to whoever almost like she was a rock and then walks up on like heavy machinery in, in New Day and then like after they do this gimmick where she's like eating a protein or tasting a protein shake that like Otis had made and said that shit was weak all of a sudden like you saw that like in the background Xavier Woods like had the tracksuit on. He opened up the tracksuit and they had he was wearing a, a, a Becky Lynch the man t shirt. Like that's the last time I remember someone being like, "Damn, y'all made them seem like they was really doing this shit." Like I, I really appreciated that one. Like as a person that's not really in love with the uh, with the character of Hangman, other than the fact that like he's a babyface or he's more or less a babyface just beating people in, in winning matches. Like I, I thought I I thought I. I see more of what the people that are, you know, like going crazy for him see. So that I thought it was a really nice touch. This guy is this guy's a superstar. Uh, and this is only the beginning of it. He's and that kind of like, reaction, yeah. 
Like he's um he's gonna be like, you know, how we had that initial like, you know, that five at the top, like he's opening the door to like join that that group and like kicking it down. Yeah. Uh really like he's I would uh say him and Darby like almost in a race right now. Yeah. Well, him Darby slash MJF on from MJF's getting that triple H spot where it's like, well, we got these strong baby faces on one side. Yeah. And there has to be somebody on the other side. So right. don't get me wrong, like he's doing a great job on the mic, but there's still lots to be to be figured out with the ring stuff. Yeah. It's um it, it's uh really good to see Heyman from where he started and then now and it's like man these dudes out here picking talent like like they picked this dude like years ago so uh always good to see a return on the investment uh yeah. i know you know i know there's a lot of people that get picked that don't get those reactions yeah you know what i want yeah because they also don't have people like that are have their best interests at heart and now people that like aren't willing just to quit after three fucking weeks um <laughs> uh so or a month or two weeks actually uh Sometimes I wonder, or I'm watching this Darby stuff and watching this MJF stuff and, you know, Private Party or, you know, Scorpio Sky, and I wonder, like, do you not see what's going on, Flip? Bring your ass over. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but whatever. I mean, he's got a good thing right now. Like, I think he's coming up on free agency, isn't he? Who? Flip Gordon. He signed a two-year deal at the end of 2018. So he's still there the rest of the year. Okay. So someone just sent out a tweet. I thought that was really funny. Uh, AW, please help. My seven year old son saw Hangman Page drinking on TV and now he parties so fucking hard. What do I do? Me need free ticket. Oh my God. Remember, um, I want to say in the first few, like the first month of AEW television, I was concerned at like with, um, with Hangman's drinking and with, um, like Jericho with the cigar smoke or smoking. I was like, is somebody going to come out here and start complaining about like you guys are using tobacco products or whatever else and drinking and, you know, people, kids watch this shit or whatever else. And like, I think that's a legitimate criticism. Um, but like, I also know that like there are going to be people that like are using that shit just to hate as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, have legitimate concerns that are, you know, real things. Um, Luckily, that they haven't done that tobacco stuff since. Like, I can tolerate this to the alcohol stuff more than the um, tobacco. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder if there's an expiration date on the he comes out and he drinks because like there are thousands of people that have, that have came out and drink, whether it was beer money or Austin or or <laughs> or the Sandman or whoever else. It's like a, a tried and true gimmick. So, <laughs> like, um, yeah, we love I- our alcohol. We sure do. And I think the thing about Hangman that's that's like kind of special about him is I think a lot of like I I think a lot of like young millennial men see themselves in Hangman as cowboys and white guys. Exactly, like a lot of a lot of white guys can probably like see a lot of Hangman Page in themselves. And, oh, and he's a young. I, I get it. Like all it, they get. I give you a thing like and, and young guys like is like yo we might have like problems that's going on but like like we're gonna have a beer first and then figure out like whatever we got to figure out so I, I think he's just connecting on like you know a, a real organic way so yeah and they were never gonna even when it wasn't working like they, they never like showed signs that they were just gonna give up on or pull the plug on him in like a way that was like oh yeah now he's you know gonna be doing jobs for fucking Riddick Moss um boy yeah like so, 
we always knew he was going to be, you know, even even at the worst part during the, you know, the Jericho stuff, it was always like, all right, well, he just can't be a main eventer right now. But, like, don't stop trying and, you know, like, keep messing mid Carter. And, like, even when he was in the mid card, he was doing great stuff. Like, that, I love that, that his uh, program with Pac. I love that shit. So, mm-hmm. like, he was, it wasn't like he, you know, he was doing bad, bad TV. Just he wasn't over to the level that he was getting pushed at the time. And that's part of the thing with, you know, the Pac um, Dragon Gate stuff. And, um,. Up next, we had MJF. He cut a pre-tape promo, and this was flame-broiled. Uh, he said AEW deserves, uh, you know, a new head author, and it's him. And he said he's going to be the best world champion in wrestling history. He said a bunch of like other, you know, built himself up huge, and then he pulled off a shirt or his blazer. had a shirt on that said "I pin Cody." So we need uh, Floyd Johnson. We need your size so we can uh, go ahead and send that over for you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, the shirt and, you know, it said something is like, uh, it said something about Cody's neck tattoo where, you know, it's like distracting and, you know, out of place and something like that. So MJF and Cody's still rolling on, but it looks like it's being diverted a little bit. They threw like a teaser out there for MJF and Mox. Um, a lot of different, possible ways they're going right now Jericho's still in the mix so um you know like kind of like you know there are there are tentacles everywhere and it's like which string are they going to pull and it's like they're keeping you off guard and I think they're keeping you off guard a lot with like that like the exalted one stuff too because it's like they're teasing like multiple people all the time so it's like well it it might not be who you, who you think it is, but it's not like the swerve that you know catches you out of nowhere. So um, uh, there's a main event time: Jericho and Sammy against Moxley and Darby Allen. Moxley was coming out, got fucking crushed uh, by <laughs> some some mass guys who turned out to be Santana Ortiz and Hager. Whooped his ass, beat him in the concourse. Uh, you know, sh- like. That the the concourse brawl, the concession brawl, it's like a staple of the promotion. It seems like yes. Hager no fucked them up this time, though. Yeah, no dipping dots. No, I guess they ain't cutting the check this week. <laughs> so, um, but after that, it turns to the Darby Allen show. Like this is like this is how you like if you're gonna beat somebody, right? Do it like this, like. <laughs> Like, like, let them be impressive. Let them get a bunch of near falls. Let them like fight. The when he tagged himself and did his hot tag and was exploding all around the ring, it's like like Braun Strowman. Yeah, but way better. Well, um, yeah, there was no kid that he actually like ceremonially like had to tag in for a second and tag right back out. Yeah. Yeah, so Sammy G and, and Darby doing a bunch of dope shit, and then he's got you know a bunch of near falls on Jericho, and it's like one day he's going to pin Chris Jericho. That's what this kind of told me. Uh, one of the cool spots in the match was he tried to tope, but he dove right into the juice effect, which was like crazy. Uh, I, I, I love this main event. It was like, you know, just I, I felt like I've watched – I felt like I was watching WCW and, you know, they're drastically different wrestlers, right? But I felt like Lex Luger was fighting, uh, trying to fight off multiple members of the NWO, <laughs> like, and firing up. They ultimately lose at the end. So, um, yeah, I, good show, like, overall. Um, like, like I said, I, I would only recommend watching the main event, like, match wise, but uh, just a lot of different directions. And, I mean, I liked it. So, <laughs> um, 
I would say this is one of the weakest shows of Dynamite, but I would still say it is a good show. So I'm um, so like I, that's that's if this is like the bottom, then well, damn, right? Um, so I'm not. I thought it was a good episode, a great good two hours of TV, and um, you know it's fresh hot pay per view. I love the the opening segment. I love the ending. Um, everything else in between was like ranged from had a few moments of. Eh, but for the most part, it was just standard average to good wrestling. Nothing great or blow away, but like the beginning and end was was uh, very good or great. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> NXT on the other hand, I thought NXT uh, somehow, like for the first time in a while, had like the better show this week. Um, the opening match was uh, Dakota Kai versus Tegan in a cage, and they proceeded to beat the shit out of each other again. Um, did some creative stuff. Uh, they actually bumped into the uh, the cage. Um, Dakota bumped her ass off throughout the match. Uh, I, the escape this cage thing. Um, if pe- for people that hate the escape the cage rule or whatever else, you're just never gonna you're just never gonna like WWE cage matches like that are of the last. What's the last really good cage match they've done? I, I I gave up on the WWE cage match after. Seth Rollins was Randy Orton in 2015. I found out that like they're all bullshit and they're all like a bunch of run-ins and wasn't, like wasn't people interfering. Cage, wasn't it also a cage match where like Orton couldn't do the RKO? Yes. Yeah. That, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of other cage matches like traditional cage match. Don't 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 yell hell at them at me I'm, or war games at me. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, "What are you doing? You know, I mean, a regular cage match." Um. Was Jericho Wyatt good from 2016 ish? That was 2013. Um, really? I, I, yeah, it was. It. I just remember the dive off the cage. So do I. Same here. That's it. Um, <laughs> there's got to be a good one. Or Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. That's not on the list, or no. <laughs> um. Neither is Brock versus. Neither is Brock versus Roman in um after WrestleMania 34. Eo Shirai and Shayna Baszler. Oh, that is the last good one. Okay, so but I was counting more main roster, but yeah. Uh, and even then, million run-ins and everything else, like people interfering in the cage and. Yeah, because you know Baszler. <laughs> um. I mean, but it, I think the thing for me is like. Even when it was the territories, there was no escape the mat, escape the cage rule. It was always motherfuckers. Whether even even have special guest referees like um like Ric Flair versus uh Von Eric, like like it was okay. You have uh Michael P S Hayes as, the, as a guest ref, and he's out here like beating up Von Eric, who's a babyface at the time, and like it was just there's always some nonsense to to. Help the baby or they help the hill win in in most of these uh, uh, it's like, cage matches. It's like beat the hell out of somebody, fuck them up, lay them out, and then just walk out the cage and be the winner. Yeah, is that so hard? Um, yeah, but anyway, back to uh, the match. I agree with you, but uh, back to the match. They did this um part where they had a great near fall where uh, Tegan ends up hitting the shiny, the, sh- the shiny wizard, and Dakota kicks, and she's like shocked. It was like a WrestleMania kickout uh, moment, and she's like, "Well, I hit her my best shot. She kicked. Fucking, I'm, I'm walking out of this cage." So she goes to go out of the cage, and uh, Rhea um, just just sits in front of it dominantly, and <laughs> um, and then she's like just stuck, 
and I mean, they, they did a cool spot at the end where she gets to the top eventually, and the doors open after um somebody got blasted with the cage, and she has to climb down. Dakota has to climb down, and the doors open, and Rhea, Rhea, what am I talking about? Dakota goes to get out by getting pulled, dragged out the underneath the bottom rope by um Reina, and Reina. Uh, is try- is about to win this thing for Dakota, and then Tegan from her spot cl- going over the cage slams the door right on Dakota's bad knee, and that's supposed to be like poetic of like, look what you did to my knee in the cage, and I give it back to you. Um, but then as she's climbing down halfway, Raina grabs the door and closes it against and traps basically uh traps Tegan against the the. The, the cage she can't get out she can't move so dakota climbs out and she wins i thought it was i thought it was creative and i'm like i wonder how many, i wonder how long uh triple h had in his back pocket for for a fuck finish to get out of a, <laughs> to get out of a cage match uh but yeah i i thought it was a really good match like uh cage match right now has it like a four and a quarter i gave it uh i gave it three and th- three and three quarters but whatever um then you get a finn balor segment he's um He's still doing this, I'm a hitman type of thing. Have you seen the room that he's in? No. The room is very similar to the same dark room that Aleister Black was in, or the mop closet, or third dimension that uh, <laughs> Mojo was in. The, the difference is, there's weed smoke. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in a smoky room, watching old matches, and he's like, this is this is what I imagine Matt Riddle be doing. Like when he during his off time, he's, he's like wow. he's in a, he's in a he's in a room in a, in a dark room filled with smoke watching wrestling. That's what I imagine Matt Riddle is doing. But he talks about how um, Imperium came out and uh, to offer you know say that Walter's on the way, and he said that he made a mistake by showing his hand because he normally strikes first. He said he says like, but eventually um, I'm going to be coming for you sooner than you know it. Um, and he says he's going to change some things up as far as strategy for handling business. So that was well, cool. I hope, I hope he got a better strategy than when he fought Brock. Yeah, same here. But look, he did. He had a better strategy than Ricochet and Kofi Kingston. Apparently, just yeah. just run at him. Look, <laughs> you know, be white. You know, oh, <laughs> that's the strategy. So the next per- the next thing is uh. I guess sometime during a Tampa Bay Vipers match, which or fight fight match game, um, Rhea was at Raymond James Stadium and she's walking around the stadium, just talking, just taking it in, and talks about how you know when I was when I started wrestling, I was wrestling in front of a hundred people, fifty people probably or even less, and she talked about how um show they show pictures of her growing up like as a kid and shows like her growing up and it shows like her tra- transformation it talks about how you know when i um when i first got to wwe so many people compared me to charlotte and they showed her from the first man classic with the blonde long blonde hair and she said like you know i i just felt that, like i need to find myself and i tried to you know come the furthest thing from that and then they show you know show her now and she talks about how like rick flair always said to be the man you got to you got to beat the man, and I take that as meaning like if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And Charlotte's been, you know, she's been a standard bearer, and I just want to prove myself, that sort of thing. And that's why if, if she's you challenge, I'm fucking, afraid to challenge whatever else. She's the fucking champion. Of why? Doesn't matter. Like, 
this boy. I think, this look, boy. no, no, you're on to something. You're on to something. But what? I, but my, I'm getting to my point. You talk about it being the third brand all you want to, Triple H. Your storyline, your storyline that Vince is telling, giving you, that's for have her to put it over, is that this shit is still developmental. Also, Drew McIntyre has never won a world title. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, uh, so NXT is not a world title. So apparently not. Look, look, you think, it, look, you think John Ryan going to get into WWE Hall of Fame based off his NXT work? Because I don't. I mean, maybe. You, I'm sure. You, you well, think I'm, twenty like, years from now? You think in like fifteen, twenty years from now, uh, some of these NXT years are going to get into WWE Hall of Fame? Because I don't buy it. I don't buy that at all. Maybe I don't know. You know, maybe things will change or whatever else, but I don't see that. You'd be like, who, who the fuck watched him? You know, this was a money pit or some shit like that. It's like, y'all didn't have to do this. Y'all decided to do this. Y'all started this shit. Um, yeah, but I thought it was a good look on the sh- onto Rhea in a way to, like, humanize her and get to understand as opposed to, like, oh, yeah, we're just still working on the, uh, still in the afterglow of you, like, getting the belt off, off of Shane and getting her to fuck on. Like, so, mm-hmm. they, they needed this. They definitely needed this with Rhea. Especially on domestic NXT like I don't know what they did with her as far as when she was doing hill work in NXT UK but this is needed yeah that shit don't even count yeah most people didn't watch that shit um so then from there you end up getting um Chauncey Blackheart versus Chelsea okay so Chelsea comes out Chelsea Green she comes out in her first match and she loses to um Caden Carter yeah. <laughs> Try to make sure every time make sure Caden Carter. So she gets the rematch and after going back and forth after Bianca comes in and interrupts in the middle of the fucking match like it's like she's Kanye uh during the two thousand uh nine VMAs. Uh she gets help beating Caden Carter, who's a pin eater in the in this division and gets her first win. She's one and one. So then uh she chased or she's about to um Russell Shotzi Blackheart and Shotzi is kind of like um they were kind of I don't know if this was officially a play in match for the women's ladder match number one contendership match at um Takeover um Tampa that's what but it, that's what it felt like that's what they put it over as they put it over like okay. they alluded to it but they didn't say anything official so anyway Shotzi they talked about how she eliminated Shayna out of that battle royal um they talked about how you know she mixed it up with her. And, you know, I've also seen her win on NXT. They had the match. Chelsea just squashes her. So that was surprising. It's like, if she's going to beat Shotzi, why the fuck will she lose to Caden Carter? We have to build her up in our own image. Uh, whatever. Um, match, <laughs> it was super short. It was effectively a squash. She beat her clean. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe they just put it on TV just because they like the look, you know. Triple H, you know, rocker girls, of course. You know, like you'd be like, yeah. you're, you know, you be my next uh, Ruby Riot. I don't know. Um, so then from there, uh, we get Keith Lee comes out for a promo. Um, he's he's in the middle of cutting a promo, and then all of a sudden, the camera grinds comes out. Dude, the crowd was furious that uh, that <laughs> Keith Lee couldn't get to talk. Um, Keith Lee had talked for a little bit. He mentioned how you know. Um, people want a piece of him for his title, whether it was Dijak again or it was uh, Damian Priest and out comes Cameron Grimes. Dude, I can't remember the last time someone had this much heat just for talking. Like, the crowd was furious with him. And I don't mean in a way that we're like, they're like, you know, sing-songing along and make it in wedding you or whatever else. It was like, every time he talked, 
they were so, trying to be so loud that he can't even hear himself think or speak. And then, like, Keith Lee would put up a hand, and it would be his turn to talk. It was it was quiet. They were attentive. And then the second, it was like a gag. Like, it went over, like, three times. Like, Keith Lee would talk. Uh, Cameron Grimes cut him off. Cameron Grimes cut him off. Crowd would get furious and loud. It would go on for, for a couple, for like a minute. And then Keith Lee would go to talk again. But the gist of it is, he wants title shot. He, uh, Keith Lee basically, uh, Pounces him out the ring, and then um, later in the show they announce that he's going to get a title shot next week. So they doing a fatal four way? No, no, no. Next week, Keith Lee versus um, Grimes. No, nah, I mean in the long run. No, what I think is going to end up happening is it's going to be Damian Priest and Keith Lee. That's how it's going to happen. Like I'm betting on the four way. Like this is what I believe. He beats he beats uh, Grimes here. Right, Dijak got injured by Priest um, because Priest wanted a shot, another one, another shot. Priest wants a shot, so he injured that dude, knowing that he's a bigger threat than Cameron Grimes. So eventually, Dijak comes back. They get a match. Priest beats Dijak, so he's the number one contender for uh, Tampa Bay. Take over Tampa Bay. Um. <laughs> That's what it seems like. I mean, they could do Fatal Four a bit. I think what happens is like, nah, we got some time to fill. You out here, you beat Grimes. You out here, you beat Dijak and make you them work, give you a, you know reason to be a contender. Um, next match after that, you get t- uh, actually no, not a not a match. You end up getting a like one of those backstage random interviews. You know how like they'll do photo shoot uh, segments or whatever backstage. It's just. They always do all this stuff on the on that full cell campus as a way to like eventually get to whatever time someone interrupts somebody to come you know do whatever you mm-hmm. do on the mic. Anyway, sets up Swerve versus uh out versus uh um, Austin Theory, and then you end up getting uh, Lorgan and Birch versus uh, Fish and O'Reilly. They had a good match, but it's just like. I, we say it often, but like. Fish and O'Reilly, like, without the titles now, because they've been around forever, and, like, they're not nearly as exciting as Roddy and O'Reilly. It's like, okay, all right, whatever, man. Like, we've seen this before. <laughs> y'all need to move on, or y'all just need to be goons for, for Roddy and whatever else. Like, but as far as, like, y'all being, unless y'all, like, finna start putting people over, like that's that's what they need to be doing, putting people over in this division if you're trying to establish it. Like, um, but man, Bobby Fish is a grandfather out here, bro. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> oh, straight. Oh, oh, he, he no gray this week. None. Oh, none. That man it, has reversed the aging yeah. process. Yeah, maybe uh, Vince was like, "Hey, what what was he doing?" <laughs> no, nah, I think that man just got uh, got he hollered at Kevin Nash. That's what I think happened. Wow, <laughs> got on that just for mids. Uh, so. Yeah, pretty much all match is like okay. <laughs> they built up towards two hot tags. They both ran wild under hot tags, and they cut them off and isolated them in each corner both times. Uh, there was one. They did this four times on the show. Four times. Babyface, or actually, action happens. In this particular situation, it was uh, Lorkin. He does a double blockbuster off of the uh, top turnbuckle to the floor. Not top turnbuckle, off the uh, still steps to the floor. Come back to commercial break. He's getting worked over. What the fuck? Uh, help help me help you. Like, 
So anyway, they, they did that. At the end, um, Lorcan gets back in. He puts them opposite corners. He's about to go start running back and forth, but by crashing into them, he does it once. Goes to try to uh, do another series of it. High load while in the middle of running. It was awesome looking. Um, so the two uh, O'Reilly and Fish, they get on the mic, and they say, we want Rill and Dunn again. Rill and Dunn come out. They're about to extend the title offer to them. Grizzly Young Vets come from behind them and whoop their ass. They grab the mic that Riddle had and said, "We've had, you've had enough shots. It's our fucking turn. It's out with the old, in with the new Grizzly Young Vets or whatever else. And, you know, we're on the way to being, you know, the world's number one because that's Gibson's thing for years. So um, She hated Gibson's shoes off. <laughs> like, he, uh, I think you'd like the suit he was wearing. Hmm. I think you'd like the suit he was wearing. Uh, and I, you know, if they're going to be the number one, the new number one heels in like now that, you know, in the future, good, fine. Like we need fresh blood. Um, let's see what else. I mean, we they got plenty of talent in the performance center, James. Yeah, they do. I mean, they could, they could hell swerve and Leo rush. That'd be yeah. an awesome tactic. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're interested in pushing swerve. Oh, well, well, let's get to it. Um, <laughs> Swerve versus Austin Theory. Austin Theory, like, I, th- I want to say, maybe it was a week or two ago when he had that match with Ciampa. I think it was last week. Um, Austin Theory is a dude that's 22 years old. Supposedly. Oh, oh people, oh, he's out here Danny Almonte and people? Bro, I have been trying to find out how old Austin Theory is for like three years, right? And I, and he, and he's always been 22 years old, like, at the same time. Like, it's funny because the guy that he was always linked with and involved, it was, like, him and Darby Allen, And they both are on some funny shit with the ages or Darby whatever. Has a, wait, how old is Darby Allen supposedly? I think so. I think the deal is Darby is supposed to be, like, 23, but he's actually, like, 27 or something like that. What? Right. So I, I and I remember going on Austin Theory's Wikipedia page a couple months ago. I would say before he like right around the time he might have got signed to NXT, and it was like about twenty three years old. About? Like, yes, about. So there's funny business going on. Like <laughs> Austin Theory, you know he's losing his hair already. So like some man, some man, right? Okay. So this is what I'll say. They're putting him over on on TV as he's twenty two. So whatever. Um. But he, at the end of the year, he had this great match with uh, Roddy. And then he had this great match uh, last week with, um, or two weeks ago with uh, Ciampa. Mm-hmm. This week is more the same. Like, he's a young dude, allegedly young dude. <laughs> he, regardless of his age, he's young to the business. And he, he looks how he looks. And the dude, the dude clearly has instincts for this up to up the snuff like it's just a matter of getting him reps and experience put him out here every other week on nxt with some vet like swerve or like champa or like roddy or gargano or or cole or o'reilly it don't matter he needs to be on nxt every other week having like three and a half level mat three and a half star to four and a quarter star level matches every single every other week like I I already see I already see I already see what they see. That's basically where I'm putting it. Like, 
I mean, they see the body. Like, I I don't think he's any type of, like, special worker or anything. But My point is, if he's in here wrestling these kind of guys, he's going to get that work part because, like, he's already, like, the stuff he can do in the ring is already, like, he's already up to snuff technically as, as far as, like, learning how to put matches together and all that kind of stuff. Like he needs to has to work on like the the cerebral stuff of of the part, but like just going out there doing moves and, and bumping, he can do that already. So like, yeah, I, I, I watched him evolve in person a couple times ringside. So yeah, like I like I've seen him for years. Yeah, and another thing is like you know what this company is like. So if we're going, so if we're going to just be hiring body guys for the end of time, at least have the dude that has like looks like he knows he can get some shit done in the ring in a, in a way that like most you know most fan that can match like the standard of today so like athletically he can do that move wise he can do that bump wise he can do that like let's have him now like you know work on this other stuff with these vets and like i i you know we i think by the time we get to observer award or observer awards one nation radio awards next year um uh, for newcomer of the year I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a candidate I'm, unless they just pull the plug on me because you know something happens. But like, he has a good shot of winning it this year. I mm-hmm. I feel that way anyway. Um, so then you get uh, Gargano in in Morrow's interview um, at the PC inside of a ring, and this thing it took forever to get to it. But once it got to it, it was like, oh, okay. Um, they didn't do the stupid, you know, I don't owe the fans the explanation shit. <laughs> they didn't do that. Um, didn't they do, like, a variation of that? And they're like, they said something like, you know why I, I did what I did more or something like that. It was subtle. He let it slip that, like, basically it was Johnny. It was kind of like, imagine if Austin did a heel turn and the person that's been comment, been the soundtrack to uh, everything in his career has been Jim Ross. So it was like... I'm, you know, it's Johnny Gargano. It's Johnny Gargano, and Morrow's been calling Johnny Gargano for years, um, as he made his ascension, or even in his um, DIY days, and he understands the relationship between Champa and everything else. So he's been the soundtrack to that. So they're doing as like, be real with me, Johnny. Like I know you. He alluded to the fact that like out of everybody that was at NXT, in NXT, um, he was the only person that actually showed up to Morrow's uh, documentary thing in New York when they did the screening of it. So like you're like look you know me so then you know why I did this I don't even explain it to you so he's like but you know I'm 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 trying to be I'm here trying to get you know get the answers for the people and Johnny's like you tell him more or less and then it gets further and further and he gets more agitated and he lets slip that like for you he basically like you let he let slip that like you were calling me the hardest on NXT for years and then like Champa shows back up. And then, like, you're just like, daddy's home? Basically, he's like, nah, man, the game belonged to me. That's pretty much that's pretty much the whole thing. He's jealous of Ciampa now being the top babyface, so he turned. It's, it's, it's really simple. But at first, I'm sitting here just like, what the f- I'm sitting there like, because you've watched all these WWE promos of all these dumb hill turns over the years, especially recently, last, like, three years, and you're just like, he's not going to have an explanation. He's not going to give an explanation. And I'm watching, I'm just like, He's cutting, he's delivering a great promo, but I'm just like, it, are, are we really ne- not going to know why the fuck he's turning heel and he's just go- basically like threatening to just whoop uh, Morrow and that's supposed to give us the heat? Like, that's that's really what it is? And then he lets that slip and like, oh, okay. They're being somewhat subtle, which is like, I don't know how to feel about WWE being subtle. <laughs> Even in NXT now. 
So I, I saw something like a screen cap on Twitter, like mm-hmm. James. I just want to know what the Johnny Gargano way is. What what is the Johnny Gargano way? Oh, I forgot. I forgot what the context was for that. Um, is it like running off like the stage and like blasting your damn knee into the um, into the joint and losing uh, the the last man standing match because you Wiley Coyote this shit? Like, <laughs> hey, but but that's okay though because like in eight months. We'll make him a champion. It'll be, it'll be, and he'll beat that guy. It'll be all, oh, 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 he, yeah, oh, yeah. This is yeah. why you just do it when it's time to do it, as opposed to trying to delay the shit. Like, yeah, man, let's, 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 yeah, let's have the fourth is, match. Is the Johnny Gargano Gar- Gar- way losing to a man in handcuffs? Twice, twice, twice. <sighs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, after that, we end up getting um. Then we can announce the uh, the North American title match between Grimes and Lee next week, and then um, because of the beatdown, or because uh, they were going to offer um, the rematch to Strong in not Strong but O'Reilly and Fish, they're doing Broserways versus O'Reilly and Fish next week. So two tag two uh, title matches, um, and then they end up we end up going to Velveteen versus Roddy. Um, Velveteen, well, as bad as Velveteen has been the last, in February, anyway, since he came back, it was like, this week he was like, oh yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good now. Like, I, I know y'all was worried about me, but I'm good now. Like, <laughs> um, they just went out there and they just beat the shit out of each other. Um, did some, did some pretty cool spots, um, involving the, the, the um, the cage, like Roddy bumped his ass off off into this cage over and over and over. Um, long story short, um, Go- <laughs> Undisputed uh, comes out. Actually, no, there's actually a spot where right before they go to commercial break, um, Marina comes out and slides a candlestick uh, during a double down, slides a candlestick into the ring um, that Roddy ends up using, uh, and then leaves. So. At least, like Marina's, they're they're showing Marina now. Like she's not just you know. <laughs> um, so, but match continues, and then um, Unspeed comes out. They go to try to climb the cage. Um, he thwarts O'Re- O'Reilly and, and um, Fish, and then um, Cole actually manages to get into the ring. So the gate gets opened, and Velveteen can win the match. And then um, there's a reversal in the ropes in that corner, and Roddy's trying to escape. And they're doing like the a lot of the '94 Bret Hart Owen Hart cage match stuff, where like the gate it's open, and then one person dives, and they pull the other one back, and then that person dives in, and then um, all of a sudden Velveteen, you can see in the camera angle that he turns around and sees that Adam Cole's in the ring. Um, but he's already knocked out knocked out the other two members of a. Uh, of uh, Undisputed. So he sees Adam Cole. So he just says, fuck this. And he tosses Roddy out the ring. Roddy, or out of, out of the cage. Roddy wins the match. And then he, for some reason, there are handcuffs on the cage. He handcuffs the door shut. And then he proceeds to beat Adam Cole's ass. And then he grabs the title and he holds it up. So, what I'm assuming is, next week, 
they're going to come out and say all of this was a ruse to get what he wanted, which was he wants the title. And he said all the stuff about Marina because it got them. It basically got everybody in undisputed off their back foot. And he knew how to manipulate them from that way forward. I've never shied away from taking victory laps here. Right. But after what you just explained, Oh my God, I was right. <laughs> like, uh, Velveteen and Cole is the direction here, but that's like, this, this nigga lost a match on purpose. Pretty much. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, here's, the th- here's the thing, though, Rich. Here's the thing, though, Rich. He already beat him in the first match back. Well, look, think about his. A lot of people were like, why is there even a cage match? The baby face came back and won. Why is there a second match? The second match was, I want to get this one dude super hot, and they're going to come out here, and then I'm going to get my match via whooping that dude's ass, which is like the tradition of professional wrestling is you whoop the champion's ass, you get a title match. I think that it went too far. I think that he probably should just came out and just whooped uh, Cole's ass to begin with, but they had the storyline thing there in place with with Roddy, and I'm sure this is going to lead to once he getting in the in the lead up to this is going to be Adam Cole blaming Roddy for being the dummy, even though they're all dummies. Man, Velveteen, you just holler at Roman Reigns and learn how to have him hit your music and get the title shot, like. like- <laughs> You wouldn't do way too hey, much trouble. Hey, I, I don't think Velveteen got it like that. So I, don't, you know, I think, you know, I, I, what was what was the uh, what was the term that uh, that, that uh, Seth Rollins uh, said? He's like, oh, you got to build equity to, to be able to do those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, get the music. You know, the Goldberg title shot. Just just get it announced. You know, that yeah, the equity was built like during the Monday Night Wars when he wasn't in WWF. <laughs> He's on the other side. I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't Damn. know. Man. Damn. So you telling me WCW or WWE ain't using a own stars uh, to be on top either? Man, it's a cold day. It's almost as if like they've always done that. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah, that's another thing. Like people talk or not, or the people in the company at the time then talk about like you know, like Pritchard. Like I saw this thing with Pritchard and um. Bischoff for doing some documentary thing or something for the network, and it's on a commercial. And it's like Bischoff was talking about like we didn't stick your talent, and then Pritchard goes, "You did," and it's like, motherfucker, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that like, uh, I didn't know like the the you know, all these people, whether it was like Hogan or Savage or whatever. So I didn't know those were homegrown talents. I could have swore, I could have swore, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could have swore that, uh, that, that Macho Man Randy Savage was out here doing, mem- do out here doing outlaw shows in Tennessee. I could have sworn that, uh, that Hulk Hogan was in AWA. I, 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 I had no idea. Yeah, it's all been recast, you know? I, I mean, I, I didn't know, I, I did, I did not know that Stu Hart, in fact, did not get, did not start Brett and Owen Hart. With his stampede re- I had no idea. None. Yeah, it did not happen at all. Yeah, like it's crazy. It's crazy, bro. The ultimate warrior. He definitely didn't wrestle in world class <laughs> championship wrestling ever. <laughs> you know, Mister Perfect. He was never the world champion in AWA ever. Yeah, it's you know? wild, bro. It's crazy. Like no. Stone Cold Steve Great. Austin, rookie of the year in like the early nineties, maybe even the late eighties. 
I, 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 I didn't know that like that happened in WWF in the worldwide yeah. leader. No idea. Apparently, you know, you know like when when mankind was debuting in uh, 1996, that was his first fresh out of wrestling school. That was his first promotion. Apparently, yeah, like, crazy, crazy. You know, crazy. um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know. <laughs> Chris Jericho, you know. <laughs> Rey Mysterio, you know. Eddie Guerrero. Like, seriously, bro. Only people they really can claim credit for, like, aside from this, like, the last 20 years anyway, it's like The Rock and Angle, probably, right? That it? Is and anybody Brock, else? Brock. Cena. No, 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 no. Last 20 years. Okay. Outside of the last 20 years. Outside of the last 20 years. That's it, right? I think so. Mark and Angle? I mean, I'm sure there's like somebody else, but it's not Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Mark Henry's not a main event level person in the regular era. Um, Kane, you know, I mean, Kane? I don't know. I usually say Kane. I, I, I would say Kane's pretty fair. I would say it's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, even then, he was working the Smoky Mountain. So, yeah. Uh, the Let's last see. territory ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's that's pretty much it. But, but you know, yeah, WCW you know. stole their talent, the talent they did not want to resign because you know Hogan was too old, and then he went out there and kicked your fucking teeth in for the next like three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Boy. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So. Did you watch the? Uh, do you have time to watch the Kagetsu retirement show or any of it? I did not. Okay. Um, but before I should cut you off, and you should hit the music. <laughs> but it's not a stardom show. <laughs> you want no me to matter. hit the music? No matter. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll do it. I should hit the music. Okay, so, um, yeah, uh, Kansas Retirement Show, it was, um, on February 24th, it ended up, um, going up this week, um, it, it was a five-card show, lots of people, um, one of the matches was a six-person men's match, or, sorry, a six-person uh, tag men's match, um, but the opening match is Oedo Tai, it's, um, Natsuko Tora and Natsu versus... You from formerly Tokyo Joshi Pro, freelancer now. Um, works, a lot of, works a lot of uh, PW Eve. Um, Shuri, who you you know recently Donna Del Mondo. And um, I'm trying to think of the third person. Shuri is real. Oh, uh, Layla Hirsch. Lay- Layla. So, um, okay. Yeah, so Hazuki is uh, in the corner of uh, Oedotai, naturally. And basically... Um, Jamie was supposed to be in the in the match, but she ended up getting pulled for some reason. I forgot what it was, but um, basically the match is 
Hazuki is just helping her, helping cheat. Like <laughs> she's basically like Shawn Michaels in that uh, that Triple H Undertaker match from uh, Saudi Arabia, just helping, just excellent cheating. Um, but at the end, you just beast the hell out of uh, Natsuko by just chopping her to death, and also um, at the end, Natsu she ends up hitting her with a cannonball and pins her uh, with power bomb. Um, you somebody that like is a freelancer, and I would love to see her in Stardom. Like I saw her in a, a Stardom slash uh p w eve match um when they were up there for Russell Queendom too back last summer uh, it was her and utami it was really fun so i like to see them like th- throw each other around again um and like uh i would say that after watching a few more uh you matches this year like i feel like she's almost like the woman's jeff cobb hmm. <laughs> like she just like she had a match on um in Oz Academy this uh in back in February with uh um Hiroya Matsumoto and they're just it's just a hoss battle. It's like it got cut down for TV. It's like a 15 minute match but it got cut down on TV cuz they have like a 2 minute 2 hour show and it's like 10 minutes long and they're just being the shit out of each mm-hmm. other. Just there's a segment where they just basically have wrist control and they're just trading big chops and and shit sound off like Walters in, in the room. Like it's awesome. Um but yeah, I just want to see her and like mix it up with like Natsuko because they actually teased the Natsuko match um, at the end after she won. Like you know, they went face to face and whatnot. So like, I love to see her there. Um, so uh, the next match ended up being a high speed three way match between um, Kayo Kobayashi and um, Mace Ruga in in uh, Azumi. Um, Mace Ruga is um, she's in Gato move. She I've seen her wrestle a few times, and the way I can explain it is. Oh, I see why Riho got out of there and left. She was on the way to getting replaced by someone more charismatic. Um, and then um, Kayo Kobayashi's like 27 years old. Um, she's on some of these seatland cars and high-speed stuff. Um, she's really good as well. Um, so they went out there and did a bunch of three-way stuff, and it's really fun. And um, at the end, Azumi ended up winning. Uh, and then um, Saya... Little Saya, she ends up on the card and she was um, wrestling a a wrestler to be announced later. Um, All of a sudden, turns out that uh, it was Kagetsu. Kagetsu wanted to have a last match as Oedo Tai Kagetsu in Oedo Tai gear. And um, she wrestled Saya. Fun little match short. Um, Kagetsu won in like three or four minutes or whatever else. Um, It was fun. It was nice. Um, And then you end up getting the men's. six-way tag or six-person tag that was fun to see some dudes that i've never seen before because the only, <laughs> only uh men's res- japanese wrestling i ever watched really is uh new japan so mm-hmm. like uh it's cool to see like okay so these were like some like big japan dudes that, like i've never seen them before like the only one i ever really heard of is like daisy sakamoto um some there was one dude in there that was like mm, he probably should be out of here <laughs> He probably should be retiring. Like it's like I saw some dudes like, yo, he's moving like uh Nakanishi. Like he <laughs> Exactly. Um then we end up getting the final match, the main event, um, Kagetsu versus um Mako Satamura. So I gotta say, like, I really enjoyed um this t- uh, retirement tour. She had a better retirement tour than than Liger. Like argue art look, you pull up the matches. 
from the announcement to when the, the final match. You go through these matches. You tell me who had a better. You, you can't tell me with a straight face that I guess he did not have a better retirement tour than uh, than Liger in quality, um, or just so. Anyway, um, she comes out. She has the the mask that she wore um, in her last uh, Starna match. Um, like the half Kagetsu, half stars thing with uh, Mayu that they came out with. And then uh, she takes off the mask. There's no contact. There's no. Um, I, saw, I think I saw a picture of this. It's like she's normal. Right. She, she's a, yeah. her normal self. Um, so she comes out. She takes off this jacket. This thing she's been, this jacket she's been wearing ever since she retired. Like her gears are raw. She comes out and she's in shorts. And, um, Come to find out, like these shorts are actually a callback to like when she kind of started to like figure it out in stardom. Like when she came in, she was um when she when she was sitting that girl, she was wearing like like the singlet. Um, and when she left, like she was you know doing freelance stuff around, and she was in Oedo tie, and like she, if you saw some of her early gear in like 2016, and she'd be like. She she glowed up. She definitely glowed up over the last few years. Um, but like she, her gear is like reminiscent of like when she first started figuring it out. Um, like these, these blue blue trunks in the top, similar to what she normally has. And mm-hmm. um, they go didn't proceed to just like great ground ground wrestling, uh, mat wrestling, and then it's on. They just start throwing bombs. They start hitting each other with finishers, kicking out. And it, and it was just awesome. Um, she blew the mist twice. Um, and but at the end, Mako ended up putting her down. Um, of course, um, I probably get a match like four and a quarter, four and a half. Um, wasn't as violent as like Mako's match with Sari was, and probably on purpose because like you know um, didn't want to go out with some you know blood you know some blood brawl or whatever else. Um, but slobber knocker. But Mako said some said stuff to her. It wasn't it wasn't stardom, so it wasn't translated. So I don't know what he said. I need to get the transcript of it. I love to see what uh, was said. But mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're both really good promos um, based on translation, anyway. Um, but then it was a gift ceremony, and everybody came out and gave their gifts. That was on the card, and then uh, Hazuki comes out and gives her a gift, and that's like, damn, they're both gone. They're like, and this isn't the like they're gonna start their own promotion or whatever else. Like, nah, they're both legitimately gone. Like, um, I forgot to mention this. Like, uh, Hazuki, she's cut her hair to shoulder length. Like, she's you know, Damn, one of those, one of those society. Is one, not, well, that slash, you know, like when people go through stuff or whatever else or have changes in life, they want to, you know, have a you know, hairstyle that, that kind of commemorates like that part of life being over or whatever else or a change or whatever yeah. else. So it's like. She's in a, she's on to something new. Um, that's what it seems like. So, um, you know, they did the 10 bell salute, played her music. They threw the, uh, the, the streamers into the crowd or into the ring. And it was just filled. I think, um, I think I have to look, but I think like the attendance for, um, I think they, they sold more tickets to this, this, um, retirement than like the last time starting was in that same building mm-hmm. a month ago. So, like a lot of people showed up for Osaka. It was like last time it'd be like, you know, Oedo Tai country with, with, uh, Kagetsu. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they walked her out the ring. They carried her out. Um, um, Natsuko, Natsu and Hazuki. It was just nice. 
it's just like I'm gonna miss the shit out of her. She was a great wrestler. She was a great wrestler. Uh, there was also a thing where she's doing this. Uh, she did a interview in a magazine. Um, one of the, one of the pro wrestling magazines saying that like she's no longer going by the name Kagetsu. She's going back to her real name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, she's gonna start trying to do like fitness modeling work or fitness like stuff. So. I think she's really done. I don't know if so. she's even going to do train or none, but she's gone out of there. Look, tri- Triple H is lurking. <laughs> don't be shocked. You know, she show up in three months. Yeah. Oh, man. You ain't so, going to let it go, huh? I don't believe it. Like, like, it like don't this. happen. I think that if you saw this, you, I, know you're, I know partially you're joking or whatever else, and you're obviously cynical, but like, I would be surprised if she came back. Like this seemed like she was done, done. Like this was full. Like I don't know how you can do do it this well without being done. Um, there was also some mention that um she mentioned in one of these interviews that if you look at her retirement tour, she wrote a lot of younger girls, and the idea was like these are people that I think are on the come up or whatever else, and I want to give them some shine by having matches with them. Whether it was like um <clears throat> Miyuki Takase or uh. Mace Aruga. So, yeah, I, I think um, she definitely tried to hand it out as well as she possibly could have. So, um, sad to see her go, but I hope she's on to, you know, bigger and better things in her life. You know, a great man once said, move the game forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, yeah. We can uh, probably come back on a different show. We t- talk about these uh, Observer Awards. Uh, we'll We'll do that. You know, separately here, but uh, we'll let everybody marinate on them, and then we'll be back with these takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, a lot. You Jericho, know, Jericho out here dominating these awards in a way we yeah. haven't seen since like yes. The Rock or Hogan. Yes. <laughs> Most Jericho. charismatic, biggest box office draw, uh, MVP for the whole for the whole industry is like. Hmm. Assholes on Twitter saying Jericho was not the wrestler of the year. They, yeah, there's them, those I mean, people. Look, <laughs> like, I, I'll, look, I, I call Jericho. I don't know how, like, I like ahead of like the Jericho title wave coming. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be Jericho. It's gonna be Jericho. It, it has to be. Like this guy is like he won like five different categories and like they're all important categories that all kind of connect. So yeah, like yeah. Yeah, he um he did it and like for those that is the funny thing about it is like people should be like I feel like this should be like a obviously like you look at the um the out outturn of um or the turnout for the votes voting and like for my for me like the logic makes perfect sense is like he still has great matches even though he's not the best wrestler in the world he still has great matches. He still has quality um, main event championship level matches. And he's the biggest box office draw because he is the number one dude on AEW. And he also, you know, is doing this annual thing with a, with a fucking uh, cruise ship, right? Um, that other people just flat out, probably, most people just could not do. Um, and then you look at the Japan stuff and it's like, He's figured this out in the way that, like, we haven't really seen since WWE has basically made it to where it's like, we have your rights and you can't wrestle other places. So it's like, he got, he basically has rigged the game himself in a way that, like, someone like a Will Ospreay has rigged the game for most of, most outstanding wrestler because, you know, he's he going to wrestle more, he's gonna wrestle more, 
Right. He's going to wrestle more people outside and have, put himself in the best situation to wrestle as many high-quality wrestlers <laughs> possible in most situations to do that in a way that Jericho has done with as far as doing programs with people. So, you know, he, and he was great. He's flat-out great this year. So, career, 49 years old. Yeah. No one's ever done it at this age, this late. Uh, this is his third time winning the award. Um, he's also the only other people to win the award that many times or more. Ric Flair with eight, Masao with three, Kenta Kobashi with four, and Tanahashi with three. So um, I feel really good about that. And passion rant I went on about Chris Jericho on Chad Matthews' last show um, <laughs> about him. Like, What's obviously, up? just an award thing, and obviously, you were talking about just AEW, but it also was like when, you know, I was, Chad was, Chad was giving it to me about, like, Cody's a heart and soul AEW, is like, you know what, you have a great point, however, <laughs> everybody, like, almost half of the show's, like, uh, stars or acts, like, biggest moments were with Jericho, because Jericho is a stirred, in this, there's a, it's a, it's a stride that stirs the drink, and, like, if we're doing an MVP thing that has to count for something, like I appreciate Cody. I, I voted him, I think third or whatever else, just because like, you know, like I'll, for me, my personal taste is like, I'll take the Kenny matches or whatever else. But like, if you want the, the, the best of both world type thing, like you look at Jericho and Jericho is doing all the Cody stuff. And then like, he also has high quality matches. Yeah. No, no, uh, it's Cody <clears throat> has those matches too. Just like, but on top, it was it was it was Jericho this year. Incredible, but yeah, we we could wrap this up. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We also need to talk. To, speaking of Chad, we also need to talk to Chad about uh about Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio, um, and his his love for the Grizzly Young Vets and how he wanted to cut them dudes after like you know Randy Orton and Ray are out here in 2020 out here saving fucking Raws. After being shitty for two years, straight hours. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Um, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at Powerslam.tv, the sponsor of this show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex to pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Also, be uh, sure to check out the shows on the the other shows on the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have this show, One H Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping the Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Roman Watches Shit. On Fridays, we have Getting the Ring, and on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd. Oh, I can't wait to hear that that show. Can't wait to hear it. Can't can you? Oh man, that's gonna be great. Like he. I, I just, I, I mean, he he thought that MJF was gonna win, but you know, I don't know if he was gonna, I don't know if he was gonna be okay with the way losing that way because that that was a sneaky way to lose. Cody got us out. He got to like give Floyd like a signal or something next time. Like, hey, but don't fly out this time. You know, I'm, I'm losing this match. You know, so <laughs> save your you money. Know, save your money for want to win. Yeah, you man, know, like, I, that's another part. That's probably the reason. That's also another reason was like, hey man, why are you giving faith to the dude to keep breaking your heart? Why you keep fighting for this dude when this dude ain't fighting for you? Or fighting hard enough for you? Because this man keep laying down on the mat getting pinned. I mean, B's that way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's in the show. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Hey, also, um, don't fetishize Japanese wrestling this week. What? Are you talking about the, uh, the all this stuff? <laughs> yes. Hey, <man. laughs> um.
we just did a show and we talked to like for what maybe 15 minutes on Japanese wrestling. The rest is about American wrestling. So I'll, I mean, on this end, I don't know what I don't really know what to tell Nick. All this, like, <laughs> like we watch we we watch Western wrestling and you know we don't really be checking for you, Nick. But like you do good work. It's just you know you doing it in, in hey shout out to nick aldis for sixth place on best on interviews see like that's his strength that is his strength absolutely and um what i would say is like i want is he going to be on the uh the ring of honor anniversary show i think so I would right, to, well. actually, no, he's not on the anniversary show I, he will be on the i think he's on the super show uh the russell Con super show though Okay. We'll be, we'll, we'll be so, seeing him shortly. We'll, we'll, we'll see Nick all, so have a chance to prove it to us in person. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. and I think he's going to be like he's going to do good. I don't think he'll be great because Nick all this normally just does good, and that's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being good. But yeah, later, y'all. Peace. <laughs>